Hello guys and gals, today on uh, the Powering Up Podcast we're trying something new, and Jordan will be walking us through all the noteworthy cards spoiled for this new set, and we will be giving our input on what we think the power level of the card is, and whether or not we think it should be played, and if so, in what decks. So, um, if you like this new type of podcast, please let us know, and um, without further ado, let's get straight into the discussion me, Nash, and Jordan had about the new set. Hello, viewers. Uh, we're starting our uh, Midnight Hunt uh, analysis of the entire set, along with uh, some of the cards that were made for Commander that are going to be exclusive to the set and collector boosters. Uh we will not be going over the commander decks and their face cards this time. We'll be talking about that later. Just because we feel like we want to get a better analysis of what the decks are and what they do with the commander and not right now. I feel like it won't be fair. Mm-hmm. So starting off, let's go with the mythics and let's start with the hallmark, the card that everyone's been talking about. Linden Lied. Uh, God damn it. Why do they pick some weird names all the time? The L-Y-N-D-E Linda? Cheerful Tormentor. I think you were right. I think it's Lind. Lind. Who cares? Lind Cheerful Tormentor. <laughs> she is one and Grixis colors for a 2-4 human warlock with death touch. Whenever a curse is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return it to the battlefield attached to you at the beginning of the next end step. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you may attach a curse attached to you to one of your opponents, and if you do, draw two cards. So, Lind is a card that they originally wanted to make for a while now, but they just didn't feel like there was a good time or good place to put it in any of the sets before until now. And where they decided that they're just going to put any made for commander cards that they don't feel like they're going to fit any of the deck into just set and collector boosters with the set itself. Yeah. And a lot of this is just to like help create commanders for decks that a lot of people want to do. Like, for example, if this was around, they would have made the energy commander everyone wanted, the investigate commander everyone wanted. So, while I'm a bit iffy about uh, them putting cards made for commander and setting collector boosters, if it means that we get cards that people actually want and not, you know, bad cards, I'm more than happy for that. I mean, uh, they're still yeah. not amazing, but yeah, <laughs> they're better cards. Um, I'm actually so... pleasantly surprised with this card because uh, this is my first time seeing it. You reading off the first effect, I was like, oh, this is gonna be some shitty enchantment synergy shit. Some and then it's, death. yeah, no, no, draw two is a really strong effect, so... Yeah. And so it's like, actually reasonably idea. costed at four mana. Yeah. Like I believe the idea of it is that uh, when your opponents will eventually die with the curses, those curses will normally just go in the graveyard, you can just lose out on your whole curse theme. And with Lind around, you get to keep your curses going as long as you keep them on yourself. The only problem is Well they go on you, they yeah. tick you once, and then they go on someone else. Only one of them moves yep. each upkeep though. What? You only move one each upkeep, it says. Ooh. Yeah. So if you have like a vast, like a large amount of uh, okay, curses that on could one be player a downside, die, but I think that's a you get like eight curses on yourself. You might just die to your own curses. Eh. Yeah, 
a lot of that just has to do with like you have, making sure that you don't put too many terrible curses in your deck like like put some nasty ones on people but like make sure it's not so bad that you're gonna dial at once mm-hmm Luckily, I don't think there's any good curses that do that, so... Yeah, no curses will really insta-kill you. There's very few, at least. Curses are more like a death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. Um... Exactly. Yeah, I really like her, too. Uh, she's interesting, unique, uh, gives a lot of people a deck for a theme that they've wanted for a long time, and it's actually decent. The cool part is she's themed, but she also follows... So there's like three things you want in a powerful commander, and she gives at least one of them in card draw. So yeah. The only problem I can see with her is there just might not be enough supporting cards being uh, curses. Yeah, to that's make the only work. problem that there or might be. Or at least be. not enough good ones. But they they start printing curses outside of the Ixalan blocks, right? Yeah, yeah, in a yeah. There definitely been more curses as of recent, so there should be just enough just to make a decent one. At the very least. Yeah, the problem is it might end up like Raynar and Fortel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's 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 a, that's a bit unfortunate to hear. So, uh, so, next card. Next up is the second mythic of this uh, whole thing is Avacyn's Memorial. Gimmicky. And here's why you should include it in every deck. No, it's it's so bad. <laughs> it's fucking awful. And just play Avacyn. <laughs> The thing about it is that I love the flavor of Avacyn's Memorial. It feels so rich in lore and Borthosinus. If it was just five Why men, give only legendaries? Just put Avacyn's effect on and on. <laughs> or make like, if you're gonna like reduce the effect of Avacyn, why make it eight mana? Yeah, yeah, it should have been like a two or four mana five. card. Five no. mana. Just... God, no. I still want to play that shit. It gives it destructible. That's a pretty strong effect, even if you don't uh -huh. want to admit it. Yeah. The six mana gives indestructible to everything. The solo for X here, right? Uh, but you have yeah, to pay mana. Five mana. Yeah. It, okay. Yeah, that's still unplayable. Yeah, mo most stuff like, that imagine, gives. Imagine if it was like two mana for a Sissé deck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can see your point. But holy god, that card is so bad. <laughs> it, it really shouldn't have been eight mana. It's just so disappointing to see that. I feel like the. Because I remember when they were doing the podcast talking about it. I mean, the, the daily MDG news thing about it. And basically, it was supposed to be like a tie-in of like a Chroma's Memorial. The thing is, with the Chroma's Memorial, it's like, it's colorless and gives the full-blown effects of what Chroma does. Yeah, so yeah. You're, you're forced to be in white and you get a weaker effect if of If they Avacyn, were trying like, to, yeah. What? If they're trying to cash in on the Chroma's Memorial, it would have the same exact effect as Avacyn. And then it would also be for colorless. Well, it also Acromas gives the keywords Acromas Acroma had, so it could also give the keywords Avison had being flying and uh, vigilance, uh, as well as indestructible. Yeah, yeah. yeah flying yeah. indestructible and vigilance to all creatures to make it more of a tie. That would have that would have been the exact same thing as Acromas Memorial, and that would have made this card actually playable. Yeah, because the thing is, when you add a color to an artifact, you're making it not an more artifact. Restrictive. Yeah. Also, the, the perk of artifacts is you can run them in every deck when they're mono brown. This one is white and makes it bad. Also, like if you're gonna add a restriction, give it advantage to it being restricted. Like, not mm -hmm. decrease it even more. Yeah. And on top of that, a Chroma's Memorial was also less um, mana than a Chroma herself. Seven versus eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's seven colorless mana, which makes it or means it's easier like cast because there's no color restrictions. 
So mm-hmm. giving it colored pips, it would probably be like five or six at least, or at most. Mm-hmm. So Memorial just doesn't stack up to what they wanted it to. Yeah. Good the fact that it costs exactly eight mana, unless you have like budgetary reasons. Avison's original is just hands down just also you can't even always consider this for budgetary reasons because unless you're in a cisse deck which is the only legendaries matter deck i can think of um it, it's every other deck it kind of just wants avison because avison is a global and this is restrictive yeah so uh next card uh, let's just talk about just the whole cycle as a whole, because I feel like everyone already has an answer about it. Uh, I haven't read any cycle. of these. <laughs> They're basically the one by one. So, they're the vision cycle. Every single card has an effect, and it has a flashback of eight and two colored mana, which costs less equal to the highest CMC or mana value of a commander that you own in the battlefield or command zone. Hmm. Okay. So starting with Visions of Glory, uh, it's four and white for a sorcery that says create a one one white human creature token for each creature you control, which is actually a pretty decent effect. That's actually pretty good. And the flashback of eight and two white. Um. Hmm. The problem it's is... an all right effect. There's a card that already exists that does a similar thing to this. Second Harvest. Um. Oh, I was gonna say, except for for opponents. Uh, I was gonna say it's just okay. strictly worse second harvest. There's a four mana card that has a similar effect. Um, there's... It also reminds me of Elvish Promenade. Yeah, there's there's multiple yeah, effects for cheaper that do the same thing. The only thing, the only reason you run this is for flashback, mm-hmm. and its flashback is overcosted. And also, it specifically states humans, so you can also do like human travel. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So if the card so... type matters, but. I, I don't know, the, the flashback's way overcosted. Well, it does reduce equal to your uh, commander. Does that include command tax? I don't believe so. Not it's, command tax. Uh, yeah, mana value on the uh, more in the command zone. Well, so it's five, then it's... Let's say you're playing Mingara. Five mana to cast. Yeah, it would cost how much less your commander is. Three double white instead of eight double white. Basically, if your commander doesn't equal... Okay. Right, it's a fucking five cost as well for the first cast, which is just overcosted in the first place. Mm-hmm. For that effect. Yeah, the first cast like was a little over. More. Yeah. Yeah, it's still overcosted. Yep. You want to be playing cards on right if you can. Mm-hmm. And Next most up, of the time... we have. Oh, sorry. Visions of duplicity, which is two and a blue for sorcery that says exchange control of two target creatures you don't control. Now, this reminds me a lot of another card called Wrong Turn, which is two and a blue for an instance that says exchange control of one target creature you don't control. And since it's instant, you could do shenanigans like, oh, well, it's third combat. If it goes at you, you can just give it to someone else, and then suddenly you don't get hit in the face, and they, someone else gets their stuff. But it's only sorcery speed, so it's a lot less, like... You yeah. can't use this as a combat trick. Yeah. Or reactive spell. You can't use it as a reactive spell, that's kind of a downside. The flashbacks are costed. Yeah, and you can't do it with any of your creatures. So you're really just doing it for shenanigans. This whole cycle, the flashbacks over costed, it's kind of a non consideration. Well, they're trying to like 
I don't know, maybe make, they're trying to make cards that make you want to run higher CMC commanders because generally they're just... There, there's too much value in running low CMC cards. Yeah. Um, but these cards aren't going to make you want to, especially because they're so underpowered for like mm -hmm. they, they were they're being very safe with them yeah um which i think is better than just throwing caution to the wind and doing the whole fire we can ban it out later type of shit they have been doing so yeah for sure good on them we don't have more arrows running around um this <laughs> arrow is such a problem for commander it's decent food chain deck so next up we have vision of dread two in a black source three Target opponent puts a creature card of their choice from their graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It's just really bad. It's... Wait, they just give you their shittiest creature, so if they have like an elf in the graveyard, it's like, ooh, you get a dork for three mana. And the sad part is, this is, yep. this is probably the best in the cycle. E and reanimate is one mana. This is flashback on it. The it's a, it's flashback costs a bajillion mana. You're never gonna cast it. <laughs> I don't know, man. In a crick deck, you can steal two shitty creatures. Yeah, it, two shitty just, creatures. It's unfortunately just way too slow. Way too. So clunky. far, the strongest one would not play in anything. <laughs> yeah, and they're all very um, dependent on what your opponents are playing, or at least. Uh, the last two we just saw. Mm -hmm. Which is Next one is three in a red. Each opponent sacrifices an artifact for each artifact sacrifice. This way, you create a treasure. Yep, it's Visions of Ruin. That is, um... That's also not atrocious. It's this, but the problem is that you had to have a artifact to be sacrificed in order to get the treasure so if no one has artifacts you'd get nothing out of it also but most people should be running artifacts every deck runs a soul ring every deck runs crypt if they can afford it every well, most every deck mm -hmm. yeah the, yeah there are a lot of really commonly written artifacts i'd say most decks are running at least at least five most the average is probably at least ten and also, it says each one sacrifices an artifact. You don't get to choose which. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get to they get to pick, but this card at least refunds three of its mana if it hits all three players, which makes it actually this so far. I feel is the strongest in the cycle. But for one more mana, like, you could just Vandal Blast. For one more mana, but Vandal Blast won't refund you any mana. Yeah, but you get rid of all artifacts, so you don't have to like worry about your opponent choosing, oh, I get rid of a single treasure and I just combo with my Basalt next turn or something. Yeah, like yeah, I, I know, but this so far in the cycle is the only one I'd consider running. Yeah, for Vision of the Ruin, I feel like you want to use it more as like a ramp spell than a removal spell. Yeah. Like that's what you want to think about as, it's, not it's, as a removal spell. It's ramp in red. But then it's a very situational ramp only it's like a carpet of flowers that's way more restrictive exactly well, it's a situational ramp card that also sets all three opponents behind it's if all three of them have treasures and or not, uh, artifacts and if not it's a worse ramp spell as i well. mean most of the time they're going to have it assumedly you can't just say they I mean, they won't always it, it is statistically likely that they will all have 
or most all have an artifact. It also very much depends on like the power level of decks. It does depend on power level of pods. This will get worse the lower power level you are. Yeah, because a lot of people will, in higher power, not run land to ramp, and instead opt to play artifact ramp, so it'll be better when there's more of that and less mm -hmm. land ramp. It also gets better with the more um, non-green decks in your meta. Mm -hmm. uh, on to the and next the last one. card in the cycle is Visions of Dominance. For two and a green and sorcery speed, put a plus one plus one counter on entire creature, then double the number of counters on it. Now, this is exactly word for word Invigorating Surge, except Invigorating Surge is instant speed. Without flashback. Isn't it also less mana? Nope, three mana too. Okay. Um, I didn't know Invigorating Surge existed before this, and uh, that's probably for a reason. There's probably only one deck that would even consider running this, and it's like Voral Level 5. Also, Verizal. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, this, I don't know what that is, to be fair. This probably I wouldn't played even... I yesterday. <laughs> Not yesterday, on Wednesday. So how much I paid attention. This probably wouldn't even be runnable in, a, like, an NMR list. Uh, maybe in a casual one. Maybe yeah. casual, but, like... Like, yeah. ones that are trying to, like, shit out all Drowsy Titans. Like, this stuff would be, like, good, like, a, like, this is really, like, a casual card, definitely. The most casual, casual cards. Like, you're only playing this for a plus one snare, synergistic decks that want to have a lot of counters on a singular creature. Like, Goldbriar, the Walking Grave, or, again, Barazol, or Hydra Tribal. Hmm. You like, want to go on decks, to the... love this. Okay. Yeah, I see what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, I think we're done with that. You want to go on to the new curse? And then the last card is Curse of Obsession. Four and a red for a curse. At the beginning of Enchanted Player's draw step, that player draws initial two cards. And at the beginning of that Enchanted Player's end step, that player discards their hand. So we've seen these kind of effects before a lot of times. Uh, one time it was on a dragon, uh, another time it was on a creature, and now we see on a curse. Am I, I allowed like the to, other ones. Are you allowed to target yourself with curses? Yeah. Yep. Hmm. You're a player, aren't you? Yep. That's actually... Huh. This is probably the best one, though, as you were saying, I'm assuming. This is really yeah. good to cast on yourself. Yeah. Like, if you're, like, a really fast red deck, like a Kiki Cheeky deck, or... Like, not Kiki, a Krenko deck. Kiki's control. <laughs> I know, I'm in mean, Krenko. Yeah, that's... This is so far out of... Actually... Okay, the commander at the start and this card are the two that, uh, so far the spiciest. Yep. Mm -hmm. This is a high risk, high reward. It's kind of like, um, it's like an inverted, um, recycle in a way. Eh, a little bit, but recycle responds itself or every card you play. Yeah. But it's the closest Red's going to get, so. Yeah. So, now we're done with that, let's start with the actual set. Uh, so, which you guys want to start with monocolor or you want to start multicolor first? I'd say you just start monocolor. Start with like, if you okay. can, just go color, you know. Yeah. Color to color? Go the color pie, yeah. Okay. So let's start with white. And start from mythic and we'll go down to uncommon, down to mythic, down to rare, to the uncommon, down to common. Common if there's any. So, 
First off, we have Intrepid Adversary of the five adversary cycle. Uh, uh, we can also a, go over cycles as when, a, um, the entire cycle if we want. We Nash? Yeah, let's do the cycle okay. first. So, Intrepid Adversary is one in a white for a 3-1 human scout with lifelink. When Intrepid Adversary enters the battlefield, you may pay one in a white any number of times. When you do, put that many Valor counters on Intrepid Adversary. Creatures you control get plus one plus one for each Valor counter on Intrepid Adversary, and this includes himself. Yeah, it's... It seems like a limited bomb and not much else. When Nash told me about this card, I initially thought it was an uncommon or a rare. Um, <laughs> like for me, I love this card. I think this card is awesome. Yeah, it, like as a casual guy, like I love going for go wide strategies. So this was really right up my alley, like as a casual player. But besides that, you're really not gonna find this anywhere else. Yeah, this seemed like something you'd want to pick up in a draft and nowhere else. I don't even think it might see play in constructed, but it's not gonna see much play in commander. Is it, no, it's not oh, even like casual or like a token deck. Yeah. And even next then... up, we have spectral adversary, the blue one. It's one of blue for a spirit, two one with flash and flying. When there's the battlefield, you may pay one to blue any number of times, and when you do, put that many counters on a spectral adversary, and then up to that many other target artifacts, creatures, and or enchantments phase out. Yeah, I'd say this is probably the best one in the cycle. That's actually a really strong effect. The problem with it is- It has flash too, which means this can be ran as protection. Yeah, it's it's strictly as protection. It the problem also is it's is very high cost to protect a lot of stuff, but I think that's a Fair trade-off, especially in blue. Yeah, it also, it's only 2CMC, which keeps your curve pretty low. It's, a, it's also a really awesome combat trick, because you also can choose other people's stuff. And temporary, keep them off the board. Yeah, like when you're facing dinos, you don't want them to, <laughs> them to hit you. <laughs> <laughs> mm. yeah, Next up, we have uh, Hated Adversary. Uh, it is a one in a black for two three zombie with death touch. When tainted adversary enters the battlefield, you may play two in a black any number of times. And when you do, put that many plus some counters on tainted adversary and create twice that many two two black zombie creature tokens with decayed. As if you don't know, decayed are creatures that are creature zombies that can't block. And when they attack, they are sacrificed at the end of combat. Uh, this one's this one's decent. The problem I think is that, especially in commander, tokens are generally used as either sacrifice fodder or blockers. So these tokens would only uh, facilitate sacrifice fodder, at least for a uh, black deck. This might be usable in a scarab god deck as a way to get more advantage over your upkeep. But uh, yeah, outside or, of that, this the decayed is a, such a bad downside yeah unless you're going into a very aggressive deck decay is just such a bad thing i just wouldn't i wouldn't consider running anything with decay unless it's like yeah i'm planning on sacrificing it the turn i get it or like i plan on it i mean attack with it once just isn't that good of a feeling especially in an aggressive deck because you want to like keep your pressure mm -hmm. yeah 
And unlike the other adversary cycles, it's two in a black instead of one in a black. That's a lot of mana. Yeah. At let's see, at five mana, you get four. You get three bodies and no, the, two bodies. Two bodies. Five. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, at five, you get you get three bodies. Two. Two. You get a zombie and him. I'm counting the adversary. I'm counting the adversary. That'd be six mana then, or eight mana. Yeah. Because two for himself, it's, three for each activation. So five is the first activation. You get twice that many. Oh, twice that many? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's slightly so, better. But... Okay, that's a little bit better, but it's. I misread that. It's bad. still yeah. kind of bad. It's it's a bit better. Five mana, you get three bodies. At seven mana, you get five bodies. At nine mana, you get seven bodies. At eleven mana, you get nine bodies. The best case for, or use for this card is like a deck, like an aristocrat's deck that like has an astronauts out. So each of those zombies is netting two mana for their one and a half mana that you get or spend to get them. But that converts black into colorless. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And the main problem I was with just the thinking that, is that I'm you like really only want to do it for like less than ten because at ten mana you're just better off casting Josu Vess from Dominaria, which has a kicker that gives you ten. Two two well, it gives you eight two two black zombies with menace that don't have decayed. Also, like, you could just, run the card from original Innistrad that gives you thirteen zombies for ten mana, nine mana. Eight yep, mana. ten mana as well. Wait, that was eight. I but they, come, they come in tapped. Whatever, it gives you thirteen bodies. Yeah. For yeah. significantly cheaper than this guy will. The only um, benefit of this card versus that one is. Uh, it's just whenever he enters battlefield, you can play that mana. Like, yes, so that's what I was him. thinking. So I'm like, maybe you can Same graveyard loop this card, but not even then, because in order to get the correct mana and the correct colors and the correct proportions, you would have to sack the zombies at cost to be able to recuperate your black mana because of how Phyrexian and Nationals work. So yeah, I can't it, it, even it, see it, a way to loop convoluted. this. Yeah, this, um, it's cool. It's okay in a deck maybe but yeah it's not not strong <laughs> i wouldn't even run in mono black tokens yeah next up we have bloodthirsty adversary the red one uh so we have one in red for two two hasty vampire with has when there's a battlefield you may pay two in a red a number of times and put that many counters on it and afterwards exile that many instant sorceries in your graveyard with mana value three or less and then you may uh create that many copies and cast those that's being their mana cost is that so is the number of copies per spell so i get like if i do this three times and i exile lightning bolt do i get three lightning bolts and the other stuff or do i have to pick and choose yeah, which spells them once once each of them once yeah you copy each and yep. then you may play each of them oh okay Okay, the way you ordered it made me think uh, yeah. this might actually be really OP in Storm. Um, I wish. This is actually playable. The main problem is that it's also three mana to do, which means that you might be paying three mana for one mana spell. But it's your graveyard. It's recursion, could, yeah. If you don't have other yeah, forms of recursion, recursion for it, it's just, it's I, just your recursion. Or you might run this in addition to your other two forms of recursion in red base spell slingers and yeah it this is if you're just looking to get one critical card out of your bin this is basically a past in flame 
Actually, it's cheaper because it free casts the card from Grave. So unless, on... Unless the cards are one cost, it's the same. Yeah, but like... And the number of times you're going to want to free cast a zero drop from Grave are like... Zero cost virtually never. sorcery? Yeah. Maybe you have a Pact Negation that you need to cast to save your butt. <laughs> but... Then you'd have to have given this card flat. Yeah. Um, no. But, yeah. I think this is about as good as other red recursion. Because red doesn't really have recursion. Um, it all just yeah. depends on what I you... I forget that it is red. Yeah. This is... Yeah, I'd say this... I might actually consider playing this in a couple decks. The um, only thing to consider is that you need to... Like, if you're doing a spell-based uh, red deck, you need to think about what your instances and sorceries that you could even get off of it are. Mm -hmm. And make sure that you have enough... Or high enough density of one through three costs to yeah. uh, get with it. Yeah, that is the biggest problem. It only hits three costs, but there are plenty of three costs. Like uh, the Jory Jessica's uh, will is a three cost. Uh, yeah. Um, light up the stage is a wait. Yeah. Three is cost. a three cost, and that gets you two cards. Um, you could commute with Lava X Zero. <laughs> oh yeah, you could commute <laughs> with Lava X Zero. That's a really that that's something player. you're able to do all the red writs are three costs or, or less. well no there's they're a, less they're two costs so this at least nets even if you're running they're a deck with... just three yeah also the magma geysers which is five mm -hmm. oh yeah i've that one yeah so yeah there's plenty of targets in red to hit with this plus if you're running other colors like blue you get like yeah other raw and stuff yeah i think we talked about it too long now <laughs> I, I think this card's really good yeah this I've, is so I've far my light. this is so far like yeah an actually decent card in this set <laughs> and the next blue one's have, good uh, yeah i like blue one too uh next up we have primal adversary unlike the other ones it's actually two in a green for a four three trampling wolf mm -hmm. that says when uh primal adversary enters the battlefield pay one a green a number of times put that many plus one plus one counters on primal adversary and then up to that many target lands you control become three 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 wolf creatures with haste that are still lands note that they do not get untapped it's a good card on rate but i don't think there would ever be a a you like a, a case that i would want to run it even in a wolf deck like a tribal Wait, deck. what so this animates lands right it animates yep. your land specifically um it doesn't give them indestructible, correct? No, it gives yep. them haste though, so if you don't tap them, you can still attack with them that turn, or tap them for mana if you want. Mm. Like, the only time I ever want to see this card is like in a werewolf tribal deck, or in a wolf tribal deck if you want to try this to This might be good as a, land as a lands deck finisher, mm. and kind of in the same way that, um, Noon, the War of the Sparkness is a decent lands finisher. Just because being able to create pressure off of cards that usually don't create pressure is okay. But, yeah, it's not good. There's also other cards that's competing with, like, um, Avengers Endicar. Yeah, yeah, that's the main one. So, it's... Or, uh, Scootswarm, even. Yeah, Scootswarm yeah. now is a really good Sports, finisher. Scootswarm just um, shits out himself a ton. So, yeah, this is okay as a budgetary rep placement because it's going to be new so it's going to be cheap goosestorm is cheap as hell though it's like 50 cents probably no way i'm pretty sure it's like five dollars right now it's probably like a dollar I'll, I'll look it up right now i have another uh, window open 
but it's a mythic rare though that's the thing i'm saying it's probably not going to be cheaper than scoot swarm regardless yeah it's 435 plus 78 shipping so it's five dollars yeah 515 on tcg but still, I, was just, I was just trying to say that um final adversary is a mythic that it's at the worst a 4-3 trampler for three it's if, just bad if there's a mono green deck in standard it's going to probably be played there it's yeah it's gone. a decent on rate card so it probably it also has the anime than like scoots or even avenger because that was reprinted a lot recently yep i think i think this card is going to be this card's decent in some decks it's not like standout and it's not none of the decks it's good in are competitive so it's kind of yeah a casual card yeah at best okay next up let's continue back to the white cycle uh like the white cards and starting from the mythics uh we next have Guardian Savior, three double white for a 3-3 three, three flying angel. Once the Guardian Savior enters the battlefield, if you have cast it, return up to two target creature cards with mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. It's terrible. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> they tried. But this it's is... It's fucking terrible. We, we've already cussed this video, Jordan. This card is really, really, really god awful. Um, yeah, for one mana, you can get Sunny T, which is just it's better. It's way more restrictive than it should be. Sun Titan is stronger. Um, Revelark and Karma Guide are like the same bad. mana cost and. Well, Less restrictive. Place of six. Oh, okay, whatever. They're both stronger. They're less restrictive. They don't have to be cast. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like this the cast restriction is garbage. If it wasn't for the cast, like mm -hmm. I don't think it needed the cast restriction for a mythic. It did not need it. Yeah, like Revlark and um, Revlark was a rare when it was first printed, and um, that was in Morningside though. When um, was rare. But every time it's been reprinted after, which has only been, which has obviously not been standard, but it's, it's been, been M11, rare. right? No, M15, I believe. Yeah, it was printed in course that it's been in standard recently. Revelark? Yeah. I'm. Oh, no, 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 it wasn't Revelark. Karmic Guide hasn't been reprinted. One of the two. It was in uh, Modern Masters 15. It was in, yeah. Okay. No, it was in uh, Eternal Masters as well, or Ultimate Masters, or the, uh, well, that's the Infinity symbol. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that Ultimate Masters. Ultimate Masters. It was yeah, in that, yeah. and it was a rare. And I'd say it's more strong, or stronger, because I mean you can combo with Ravelark. You can't combo with this god elf card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next up is Enduring Angel. Uh, it's not that great. I don't even want to talk about it. It's um, what's it? What's the backside of it even do? Oh, wait, read off the card, I guess, if we. Care about it. Um, uh, Enduring Angel is a two triple white for a flying double strike angel three three. You have hexproof. If your life total will be reduced to zero or less, instead transform Enduring Angel. Your life total becomes three, and Enduring Angel didn't transform this way. You lose the game. And the reason why it does that is so you can't do transformation again. And mm. uh, and she transformed to a Junk Enforcer, which is a flying. You, you have hexproof X uh, star star, where its power and toughness are each equal to your life total, and whenever she attacks, you double your life total. Hmm. 
Best case scenario, it's good for life gain, but how would you flip it? Yeah, it's the, a confused card. The card only flips if you've already fucked up to the point where you're gonna die, and if you're there as a life gain deck, how? Yeah, no. Uh, Plus, when it flips, your left will become three, so they just bolt you if they're running <clears throat> bolts. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny as well. Well, you do have hexproof, so. Yeah, you, you still do have hexproof. Oh, no. They bolt the angel then, and then they bolt you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's the thing. Like, she doesn't have flash. She doesn't have any protection on her on herself. It's just so clunky and bad. Like, it's. I don't even know if it's gutsy any play in standard. I doubt it's play anywhere. Yeah, yeah, this uh, this seems like um, one also, of those um, when it flips. It does double strike for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because they don't want the doubling of life total to trigger. No, it's, life. A, it's a attack trigger, not a damage trigger. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, They're don't fucking they stone. <laughs> when you attack, it becomes a six-six. Ooh. When he gets pissed off, it forgets how to swing the sword an additional time. <laughs> um. <laughs> True. Okay, blue okay. cards, right? Uh, no, next up, we're on the rares. Well, wait, I thought we were going... Oh, you want to do this the Mythics first? Okay, it's yeah. the Mythics first. Okay. okay. Mythics are Blue Mythics neck are Lier, Dis Disciple of the Drowned. A 5 mana, 3 double blue, 3 4 human wizard. Spells can't be countered, and each instant sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback. The flashback cost is equal to that card's mana cost. Pretty potent. It could have been such a good control card. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's why he said kills can't be uh, So you can't throw BS like that. <laughs> this is this is okay for combo decks. It's a little too much mana, but it's like I am actually with this wait. Card. If we consider past in flame right as the like standard for giving your graveyard flashback, this is a bow on rate. The other effect is in like one blue additional. Which this is for a permanent thing as well. Spells can't be countered. That makes... Huh. Like the double-edged sword where it's like, really you can't good. counter other people's stuff, but they can't counter yours. So it's like, if you're just purely a combo deck that just doesn't want to have its combo destroyed, Lier is just actually pretty freaking dope. It's really good for The sure. only problem is you don't... You want to be able to control the game until you combo, so this has to be played on combo turn. And that means you're committing five mana plus any control to resolve this pre-combo. Um, well, it's like playing a Pass and Flame thing, but like that. It's just... You can do like a high tide list. But, I mean, usually... Yeah, I guess. And I guess you only have to protect your finisher as long as you have enough mana to run multiple lines. Yeah, it it's a good card. I like it. It also, like it, too. It also means that people can't counter your Psych Rift because you're in blue. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, this is actually a good card. Next up, we have Poppet Stitcher. Two and a blue for a 2-3 human wizard. Whenever you cast an instant sorcery spell, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token with Decayed. And begin your upkeep if you control three or more creature tokens, you transform Poppet Stitcher. Well, you may. You don't have to. Into Poppet Factory. Uh, an artifact that has creature tokens in control lose all abilities and have base power and toughness 3 3. And to get upkeep, you may transform Papa Factory back into Papa Stitcher. This card is almost really good. Blue? The problem with it, in my opinion at least, is that Papa Factory makes your tokens lose all abilities rather than just lose decay. Yeah. yeah. So it feels like a card that wants to be ran into in a Talran deck. 
but then he makes your birds lose flying, and then you have weaker uh, blockers now because. Oh, I was thinking this wants to be ran in like a rooftop storm, like zombie jank. Well, whatever you guys answer, sorcery card or spell. Yeah. You create the token. I don't know how much. I, I don't know about rooftop storm personally. I think rooftop storm, whenever you cast a spell, creates zombies relatively. No, that's it. Lets your zombies no, cast for no. free. Oh. Uh, zombies you cast for free. Uh, that's something else entirely. Yeah. Uh, but okay. yeah, is really good in decks that then want to just spells. make multiple tokens over and over again. Yeah. But due to the uh, effect that it loses all abilities, it means that you can't give your creatures haste. You can't give them flying. If they already had flying, they lose flying. So it really just like it's almost perfect. Like mm -hmm. you really want to play like like a Zada kind of like deck where it's like you want to have a lot of bodies to do something with it. But even then, like the factory or it's switching to the factory doesn't matter in that case. Yeah, it's like you really just want Papa Stitcher for Papa Stitcher. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of unfortunate because if it got rid of Decay, it would make those bodies that he creates actually good. Mm -hmm. But. Yeah. I mean. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. Yeah, you have it That. Yeah, that card's kind of bad. <laughs> Thank you for that valiant input. <laughs> I was trying to think that whole time on how to make it good, and I'm like. Yeah, there's just... Remove Decay. Nothing. Remove everything. <laughs> it's like all they had to do. No, no, with its with its current line of text, I was like searching up cards, and I'm like, yeah, there's nothing in like blue plus that like... Yeah, if they see. can't have abilities, does that mean if you fucking cast Triumph, they won't get the impact because it was removed? Yep. Yeah. There's not even a way to like go by with them unless you have like... A massive plus army and just go out. Cathar's Crusade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Next up in the Black Mythics, Lord of the Forsaken, a six man, four double black, six six demon, flying and trample. It has pay one black, stack another creature, target player, mill three cards. Pay one life, add one color mana. Bend this mana only to cast spells from your graveyard. Pretty freaking good. The only downside is that it's only that you can only use it to cast spells and not activate abilities, so it stops and st it stops some stuff, but you can still do like, use flashback, cast it from the like little trotha. Yeah. Like it's pretty freaking disgustingly good. Mm. What's the sacrifice outlet? Or it's a sacrifice outlet, which is uh, always good. Like sure it costs mana for it, but it's like it fuels your graveyard yeah. and it's still a sack outlet. Like no one doesn't like a sack outlet. It's gonna be really good for, like, like, it's so good. Yeah, it's gonna be really good for like little drugs that carry our style decks. I feel this is okay like, at best. Deck. Yeah. Uh, the thing that this reminds me of is treasonous ogre. A little bit. yeah. But this is just um. I don't know. It has a sack gala that's okay. Kind of has self mill on it, and then it has a really shitty treasonous ogre effect. It's trying to do a whole lot of things, and that's why its mana cost is bloated given its power. I, for for some reason, this feels like a five, four or five CMC card, but it's up here at six. Even though but the thing is, it has channel, but for graveyards as an ability. Yeah, like, that's pretty freaking disgusting. Yeah. 
Like, Jason Zoger is balanced around it being three life, and you can pay that mana for anything. Mm-hmm. This is one life for your graveyard. Which yeah, is yeah, but I'm saying... I, I don't know. I, I see what you're saying, just... It feels bloated. It's probably too high of CMC to justify running it in most things, in my opinion. In a competitive sense, I would completely agree with you. Mm. Like, for a, like a high-power casual or a casual scene, this card will make names. It just depends on next the Next up, yeah. So next up, we have Jaren Corrupted Bishop. Two and a black for a three mana human cleric, two, three. Whenever Jaren Corrupted Bishop enters the battlefield or another non-token human you control dies, lose one life and create a one, one white human creature token. You may pay two colors to give target human you control life link until end of turn. And then at your end step, at the beginning of your end step, if you have exactly 13 life, you may pay four and two black to transform Jaren into Ormondal the Corruptor, which is a thick, thick demon with flying, trample, lifelink, and sacrifice another creature, draw a card. Too many hoops. Too many hoops. Yeah. Like, Ormondal, the other side is so strong, but... The fact they had to reduce your life total down to 13 and then wait to your end step to then pay an initial six mana just to flip it over is just so much work. Yeah, if you could just straight up cast the demon side, that'd be probably better. Yeah, like I, I, like I get the 13 is unlucky theme, but it's like, god damn, that, that's so hard to do. And Especially also, once of, people uh, see it, they're not going to want you to be at 13. Yeah, and then there's the fact that you're in Mile Black, which means you want to be like a Aristocrat deck. Even Ormondal himself is like, Akarat creature, draw a card. That's that's aristocratically things. So you want to run Aristocratic effects. Like, you want to run your uh, Blood Artist, Zulaports, and that's going to gain you life, which means you're not incentivized to be at 13 life, but at the same time, you want to be at 13 life. Another problem it's is so uh, weird. whenever another human or not doing human you control dies, you have to lose the one life and create a token. You don't have a choice. Yep. So if you're at 13, someone sees that, they blow up one of your humans, you're at 12 now. So, so finicky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. It unfortunately seems underpowered. Next up, we have the Meat Hook Massacre. A legendary enchantment for X to black. When Meat Hook Massacre enters the battlefield, each creature gets minus X, minus X until end turn. And also has two abilities. Whenever a creature you control dies, each one loses one life. Whenever a creature an opponent control dies, you gain one life. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how to feel about this one. I think it's arguably better than Black Sun Zenith if you want to like, relate it to a board wipe. Yes. But if you want to relate it to a an aristocrat style effect, which I feel like this is that's what they're going for with the uh, other two effects, it's just worse than a Zulaport. But it's for another me, Zulaport that you can run. Yeah, it, yeah. Like for me, it's just like a Zulaport with more options. It, it's a Zulaport that can choose to board wipe on entry. Which is honestly not bad, and it's an enchantment too, which is really Makes it crazy. Harder like, to when remove. I first read yeah. it, I thought it was an artifact, but no, it's, a, it's an enchantment. Like, God, it's disgusting. That's actually a really strong card. Mm -hmm. 
I like it, yeah. Yeah. Next up, we're on to the Red Mythic with Moonvale Regent, a 4-mana, 3 and a red, 4-4, four, four, Flying Dragon, with whenever you cast a spell, you may discard your hand. If you do, draw a card for each color of that spell that you cast. And whenever Moonvale Regent dies, it deals X damage to any target where X is the number of colors among permanents you control. At first, I was kind of like meh on this, but when you think about it, it really allows you to dig through your deck yeah. really hard. It, it, it's the same idea behind um, the cycle. You're only running yeah. this in Moonbird decks, though. Or Mono Red is like one of the few ways to cycle your deck. Like, if you're, you're, only, you're really only running this deck and that just wants to completely just cycle the deck over and over again, like, let's say you're just down to one card and you just play one DMC, one color spell. Play this, get a new hand, 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 boom, get a new yeah. card. The problem just is you need completely. to have a high enough um, density of cards that have enough colors to cycle enough cards to get more cards with enough colors. Mm -hmm. And you need to have enough mana production to facilitate this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, if you're not playing fucking Charm Tribal with that one artifact dragon, I don't see this being a realistic card. Or like you're playing Ur Dragon or something similar. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. And even then, mm -hmm. those aren't really decks that want to cycle through them fast. They're yeah. just stompy decks. Like, a lot of people are saying that this has a lot of potential in, like, Stormless that just wanted to just yeah. completely just puke out their entire deck as much as possible. Like, possible. in Yidris, Stormless is probably going to be pretty strong. The problem with a yeah, lot like, of Stormless, though, is most of the cards that they want to be casting are one or two colors at most. So you're going to discard your entire hand to draw a card to try keeping your combo going. I mean... Most of the time, if when you're down you're, to one card, if you're just down to one card, that's you dump all deal. your writs well, and yeah, you cast a draw spell, and then with the draw spell on the stack, this triggers. You get to refill your hand and then draw more card. Yeah, it's, and the important part is the may. Yeah, it, it's optional. Yeah, I think this is really strong for storm. I think it very much depends on what your deck you're in. Like, you just storm would probably make a lot better use of it than like I don't know, even mono red storm. Well, like, yeah, you're never gonna play this in a mono red deck. It's oops, purely for like three Bump plus colors. I would never run it in like Mizix, you know. Mm. I would never run it. I, I, I'm not even considering it for my Riku, which is a storm list, you know. Okay. Next up, we have Sunstreak Phoenix, which I think we just don't really need to talk about because it's another Phoenix, and Phoenixes are bad. Yeah. Is it like you can do something to return it from the graveyard? When it yep. changes from day to night or night to day, at least, it looks like. Okay. Yep, exactly. Um, so back. cool. Gimmicky Phoenix, kind of bad. Phoenix effects, kind of bad. You also need to be in a deck that can change to day and night, which is very few like, mm -hmm. decks that I assume could. Um, mm -hmm. So the consuming blob now, we're in green. So we're looking at five mana, three double green for a creature ooze that has star and star plus one. Consuming Blob's power is equal to the number of card types among cards in your graveyard, and, has, and its toughness is equal to that number plus one. And at the beginning of your end step, you create an, a green ooze creature with the same ability, except it doesn't clone itself. Okay. On end step or upkeep? 
end step. End step. Okay. At first, I'm like, this is a five mana Tarmogoyf. No, it's a five mana Tarmogoyf that clones itself. Well, Tarmogoyf um, does not clone itself. Tarmogoyf is um, equal to the number of card types. This is just equal to the number of cards. Oh, cards, period. Okay. Yeah. No card types. This oh, it is? Card types. Yeah. I thought oh, I, just, no, I just misread it. No. Yeah. Um, I just yeah. saw a card. And it no, does, it's, it's not an exact copy. It yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's power and type this part. So you can't just like... Yeah, one I know. Into two moves and two moves of four moves. No, no, that'd no. Be, yeah, I know. Great. But basically, five mana for two Tarmogoyfs. There's too much grave hate for that to be good, in my opinion. Is yeah. If your meta's light on grave hate and you are going for a stompy deck, probably a good card. Well, even that it's five mana for that. I feel like there's a lot better five mana cards you could be doing in green. Yeah, like this thing you have any evasion. No evasion. No like trample, no keywords. Like, period. Yeah, it's oh wait, didn't Tarmogoyf have Trample? No. He's no? Just, nope. He's two mana. He's too efficient. That's he's why he's two mana. Well, he's not even played in modern anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Jund is dead. Um, it's an okay card at lower power levels. Uh, it's a funny card. It's a news. It's not going to see any competitive play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Planeswalker, five mana, probably not going to see play. Next card? Well, let's talk about it. It's still Planeswalker. <laughs> Renan Seven. Ren is a new friend. Five mana, three double green for five loyalty planeswalker. Plus one, reveal the top four cards of your library, put all lands, realist land in your hand, the rest in your graveyard. Zero, a number of land, you may put a number of land cards from your hand on the battlefield tapped. Minus three, you create a green tree folk creature with reach, and this creature's power thunders are equal to the number of lands you control. Minus eight. Return all permanent cards from your graveyard to your hand, and then you gain an emblem that says you have no maximum hand size. Um, not bad. It's not good. It's not a fight. Not yeah. good. It just feels overcosted. Maybe th this will be okay in casual land decks, but it's yeah. You're not running it outside of casual lands. The only effects you care about if you're playing in a land deck is the zero and the one. Yeah. It, those are the only two good effects on the card. The eight is just uh, what's that? There's an eight mana green card. I don't yeah, know there's an eight mana green card spell that's not ran. But yeah, yeah, it, it's just mastery growth, which is good, but they're realistically never gonna do it. Um, because Planeswalker is on field, Planeswalker was gonna get attacked. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna uh. dip and get breakfast. I'll let you and Nash handle this part. Okay, so you want to start with white rares? Uh, yeah, let's go into that. So now we're at Fateful Absence with one and a white for an instant that says destroy target creature or planeswalker and its controller investigates, which means they get a clue that allows them to pay two mana to draw a card. Honestly, this is like the first good white removal that we've got in a while. Yeah, like ever since we had what was it called divine gamut which i really feel that they thought was a lot better than that it was it's it was so it, terrible it was so bad i can't even remember what it does i just blocked it from my mind i remember what it does no, i don't want i don't want to say it i don't want to know <laughs> like this is extremely efficient removal that is that hits multiple targets that are relevant and, and has a very small downside. And it's instant speed. 
Which, is, in my opinion, is the most important game. thing for removal or for single target removal. Yeah, hands down. Like Declaration of Stone. The reason why it was so shit was because it was sorcery speed. Even if it did exile stuff, exile creatures and other creatures with the same name, it just sorcery speed is just so bad. Yeah. If you, or a removal spell. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. I'm so happy. Please keep making good white cards. Stop giving a shit white cards. Saying regarding shit white cards, Cigar to Splendor. Okay. Two and two white were an enchantment. As Cigar to Splendor enters the battlefield, note your life total. As we gave you your upkeep, draw a card. If your life total is greater or than or equal to the last noted life total for Cigar to Splendor, then note your life total again. Oh. Whenever you cast a white spell, you gain one life. If they just didn't have that last little caveat, mm -hmm. it would be playable in life gain. It might still be playable in life gain because, like, what else do you have for, like, mono white life gain for card draw? <laughs> <laughs> but if you just didn't have to renote your life total, it'd be so good because, like, oh, play it like 40 or 30 something health. Yeah. Start gaining life. Yeah, it just it only happens in your upkeep. You have to wait a whole turn cycle for it to happen. Yeah. And you only gain life when you cast white spells. Yeah, it's just it's just way too clunky. It's also four mana for this, whereas like in black, for instance, you have Phyrexian Arena, which is just strictly better than this. I'd yeah. say because it's it always happens you don't have to like jump through hoops and it's one less yeah. mana exactly yeah next up we have Adeline Katara uh Adeline Splendid Kathar uh one white white for a X star four human knight with vigilance Adeline Splendid Kathar's power is equal to the number of creatures you control and whenever you attack for each opponent, you create a 1-1 white human creature that is tapped and attacking that player or planeswalker they control. Um, I'm not sure about this one. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not it's, great. It's decent on rate, but... Yeah, getting three hitters a turn, but the problem is that they have, they to, have attack to attack every yeah. turn. It reminds me kind of of uh, uh, Hero Bladehold. Yeah, or like Brimaz. Or Brimaz, exactly. But and you don't see Brimaz in Commander. You don't see either of those in Commander. So it's probably not going to be playable. Unless if you like playing him like Mono White Aggressive Shell, yeah. Or her. I can't really tell what the card are. I believe it's Lady. Yeah, it. We'll go with it. Yeah. Or that. Next up. Vanish the Horde. Uh, Vanquish the Horde. Vanish. For <laughs> 8 mana, stick double white for sorcery. This spell costs one less to cast for each creature in the battlefield. Destroy all creatures. That's it. Very good. Very good. Incredibly good. One of the best board wipes in Commander now. Yeah, I'd say strictly better than uh, Wrath of God. Or similar, yeah. or similar costume cards. Like the only time Wrath of God better is if you have someone that does regenerate, and that only exists really in elves and zombies. And skeleton jank. 
Yeah, yeah, it's being able to reduce the cost is just so good because the times you want a board wipe is usually when you're getting flooded and you just can't keep up with the board state, so you have to reset it. Mm -hmm. Which is why uh, Blasphemous Act is so good, and this is sort of just. I mean, it's same. Exactly, but it's yeah. Astral Creatures. Yeah, the same. Which is more often than not better than dealing 13 damage. Yeah, usually. There's a few caveats. It like, for example, if you have protection from red, Blasphemous Act protects your. make sure your creature doesn't die. If you're running, like, a. Stuffy doll. Stuffy doll. Yeah, that's, that's literally the only two reasons. Yep. I was just thinking, stuff I didn't think I would put around. Or you have like, like a, a commander that says that. But what's that one? Uh, prevent damage, yeah, like Sabine. Sabine. Exactly. Yeah, besides those three reasons, Vanquish the Horror is just better. Exactly. As a board wipe. And almost always, it's going to cost two. More often than not, yeah. Like, like Blast Resack almost always costs one, and this costs. Yeah. Two less colorless, so two less creatures for it to cast. Uh, two. Yep. So it's even more likely to be cast for two than Blasphemous Act is cast for one. Yep. Let's see. Next up, there aren't a lot of good uncommons, but the ones that I saw that are kind of neat is like Borrowed Time, which is just another O ring effect. If you want more of those, then we have Sunset Reveille, which is a one in white for a sorcery. If an opponent has more life than you, gain for life. If an opponent has more creatures than you, create two one in white humans. If an opponent has more cards in hand than you, draw a card. It's just a new version of timely reinforcements. Yeah. Which is it's honestly not bad. Which is neat, but you don't see it played ever, Commander. So the same thing is probably gonna happen with this. Then we have Gavity Dongard, one double white with Ward 1 for 3-3 three, three Human Soldier. It was, has it has the day or night effect. Whenever day becomes night or night becomes day, look at the top four cards of your library and you may view a creature card with mana value three or less from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest of the bottom of your library anywhere. So this is like one of their ways of giving white card advantage. It reminds me of the... Uh... Militia Bugler. Militia Bugler? Yeah. Yeah. But I'd say probably just strictly better, isn't it? Yeah, because it's every time it switched from day to night, so it's more than one-time effects. And the day to night um, happens regardless of uh, there being a... Or regardless of the... I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's like the werewolf effect in Old Dennis Drive, but like it happens regardless of Always. day is day or night in the game. Yep. Okay. Huh. It's not bad, actually. Yeah, not bad at all. Then we have uh, Search Party Captain, which is two, which is a 2-2 human soldier for three and a white for this spell costs one less for each creature you attack with this turn. And when there's a battlefield, you draw a card. Again, trying to experiment with ways to give white card draw. Eh, that sounds fine, but... Not great. It could definitely be better. Yeah, it is a common though, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So I get I get why it's a bit underwhelming, but it is a start. Then the last card I want to talk about is Cathar Commando. For one and a white for a three-one human soldier, it has flash and has pay one sacrifice Cathar Commando 
destroy target artifact or enchantment. It's literally Cthulhu Pride Mage that's mono white with flash. It doesn't have exalted. It doesn't have exalted. Strictly worse. Never play. That's a it's a good card. If you're in green white and like the amount of colors matters, Cthulhu's probably better. But this is a good um, alternative, if not just a replacement for it. So next up, let's go into Mono Blue. Here we have Malevolent Hermit. For one of blue, you get 2-1 Human Wizard with Pay 1 Blue, Fact Malevolent Hermit, Character Art Non-Creature Spell, unless it's Controller, Pay 3, and it has Disturb of 2 and a blue, which allows you to cast this card for, from the graveyard for its Disturb cost to transform. When it's transformed, it is now Benevolent Geist with as now a 2-2 flying spirit wizard that says non-token spell not non-creature spells and token non-creature spells you control can't be countered and if the other guys would be put any, from the river from anywhere it is exiled instead uh it's it seems like it's a good control spell but i'm not sure or card but i'm not sure about that because the first it side, reminds me of glenelyn's archmage yeah. with some shenanigans around it yeah, the first side is a strictly worse Glenelanger that can be played earlier. And then the second side is like... It seems pretty good for a control shell, like... That doesn't want their control messed with. You don't want to have counter wars, you just want to say no to stuff. The only problem, though, is that if it gets blinked, if it gets bounced, if it gets killed, it's just gone forever. Yeah. So there's like enough, a lot of ups and downsides to it, and it has its advantages. But it's, it, you really are gonna want to look for like a very specific spot for it. Yeah, it seems like a card that just there's not gonna be many decks that want to run it or that are even gonna consider running it. In my yeah, like it's it's not a staple anywhere. Yeah, not even in decks that I would think like might want to run it. I wouldn't consider it a staple in. Like Muldrotha already has Glenelendra, unless you want to have another one. Yeah, like, stuff like, as I said before, um, Talrand and other stuff like that, Baral, which mm -hmm. the non-creatures spells can't be counted, would be very good, and you have to jump through so many coops to get to that point. Mm -hmm. So, next up, we have Suspicious Stowaway, which is a 1-1 human rogue werewolf, or one of blue, that says Suspicious Stowaway can't be blocked. Whenever Suspicious Stowaway deals combat damage to a player, draw a card, the discard card, and it has the Daybound Nightbound effect. Then, when it transforms, it becomes Seafaring Werewolf, which is a 2-1 werewolf with can't be blocked, again, and whenever you deal combat damage, you draw a card, but you don't discard a card. Uh, that's pretty good. The only notable thing about this, though, is the Seafaring Werewolf is a green card. Mm -hmm. Boss's Vicious Stowaway is blue, so you can only play it in Simic Plus decks. So pretty much, this is like, like a new Edric auto-include. Yeah, it's, it's an Edric card and nothing more, which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah, like, Mono Blue's Rogue decks aren't going to be able to play this, which is sad. Yeah, or Mono Blue, like, aggressive decks can't run it because... Green. Yeah. 
next up we have curse with surveillance which is four and a blue for an aura curse champ player at the game of a champ player's upkeep any number of target players other than that player each draw cards equal to the number of curses attached to that player like it rewards you for putting a player curses on a guy and then draws you a bunch of cards and you can even like be political about it like hey you my buddy i can give you a few extra cards if you don't fuck with me uh yeah it's a it's an interesting card but i feel like it's only gonna see play like like most curses in the uh the new curse commander we just talked about yeah yeah that's pretty much it this card this costs way too much for it to be played anywhere else yeah and also it gives your opponents the same advantage it gives you so mm-hmm so next up, we have Grafted Identity. Two double blue for an enchantment aura. As additional cost to cast this, sack a creature, enchant creature. You control the enchant creature, and the enchant creature gets plus one plus one. It's a strictly worse control magic, which is just yep. a four mana same ma casting cost, but you don't have to sacrifice yep. a creature for the same effect. Just you don't get plus one plus one. And I, f I feel like the reason why they're doing it is because Standard. most control magic effects are generally five mana nowadays because they don't want to go down to less than four mana. Well, obviously. It so they wanted to to be yeah. uh, more restrictive mm -hmm. than uh, so they wanted match. to reduce it to four mana, but give some kind of downside or to make it more fair. Yeah. And. Yeah, for Commander, we already have control magic, so there's no reason for this. We have much better cards even than that. Yeah, we have the fairy. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and kill the Drake, but no one has money for that. <coughs> uh, yeah, no one. Next, Next card. up, we have Patrician Geist for two and a blue. It's a two, two. Spirit Knight with flying and other spirits you control get plus plus one, and spells you cast for your graveyard cost one less to cast. That's not bad. Uh, another Spirit Lord, which is always good for uh, Spirit Tribal, which has been getting a lot more attention attention over the last few years. Yeah. And yeah, and spells for your graveyard. We'll be getting, yeah, it's and, okay. Yeah, it's not bad. And plus, we'll apparently be getting more Spirit attention in the next set because there also, there's also going to be a Spirit Precon deck. Hmm. So who knows? We might finally get the spirit tribal commander that everyone's been asking for. Let's uh, let's hope. Next up, we have Sludge Monster. Three double blue for a five-five horror. Whenever a Sludge Monster is wrath or attacks, put a slime counter on up to one other target creature. Non-horror creatures with slime counters on them lose all abilities and have base power and toughness to two. I, I think it's just a limited or like. It, yeah, it's, just, it's not that good. It's interesting, yeah, it's but that great. you know what it should have it should have done? It should have gave the uh the two twos that new keyword. What's it called? Decay. Decayed? Yeah. Yeah. Make it make it like oh, they're now zombies. Yeah, that that wouldn't be bad. That would have been interesting, but Yeah, it's just, it's more of those limited fodder and jank yeah. material. Yeah, without Next it. Next step. We have Triskodecophile. One of blue as a 1-3 human wizard with you have no maximum hand size and to gain your upkeep, you have exactly 13 cards in your hand. You win the game. It has three and a blue draw card. 
honestly, big fan of this card. I'm not usually a fan yeah. of uh, win the game, alt, like all win cons, but this one is at least more difficult to get to than other ones. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a fan of like hand size matters, which is the stupidest thing in my opinion, but it's fun. <laughs> Like, you get around, like, Mensch in the Mind Cage. Ooh, who doesn't love that card? I don't think anyone even knows what that card is. <laughs> it's a seven mana enchantment that gives all creatures negative X, negative O, where X is your hand size. <laughs> is it also, like, a legendary it's card? It's legendary. It's Kamigawa. It's, it's jank. so weird. <laughs> but it's funny. And, like, I, I just want to make a deck with all these style effects, and they're just giving me more and more for it. Hmm. Okay, so let's not go over some of the uncommons and commons. There are a lot of crazy ones, but let's go over them. Fading Hope is a just strictly fair unsummon effect, which has returned her creature to its owner's hand. If its mana cost value was three or less, you scry one, so not bad. If you're if you're running unsummon, you switch it with this. But no, you shouldn't run probably not. Yeah, probably not. Then we have Phantom Carriage, which is uh Four double blue for four four spirit with flying. When phantom carriages about who you may search your library for a car with flashback or disturb and put into your graveyard. That's your library. Interesting, but seems overcosted. Six mana for that effect. Unless you're playing on flickering shit, you shouldn't be writing this card. I mean, even then, if you're in black, you have stuff like violent tumor and the uh, gravebreaker Lamia, which could put any card in your graveyard, including those. Yeah. It just seems much too overcosted for what it does. Yeah, makes sense. Let's see anything else that I had in here in blue? Probably not. Blue cards in the set seem quite underwhelming for the uncommons and commons. Oh yeah, uh, I had two. So uh, there's secrets. Secrets of the Key, which is a one blue for an instant that says investigate, and if it was flashback from if it was cast from your graveyard, you can do it. You investigate twice instead, and consider, which is uh, opt, but with Death Scry, you delve. Yeah. Like yeah, just both are both are fine, but nothing like game breaking or game altering. Mm -hmm. So next up we have. Uh, Gisa for the uh, black cards Glorious Resurrector it is a 4-4 human wizard for 2 double black with if a creature and a pwn controls would die exile instead and in your upkeep put all creature cards exile Gisa Glorious Resurrector onto the battlefield under control and they gain decayed now this is the thing with uh, decayed that I like a lot more since you um you won't be you you won't be uh able to like use them as just a, an army of chump blockers or as like insurmountable advantage through attacking and getting their abilities. You have to choose what you want to do with the uh, creatures you get. Mm -hmm. And my favorite part about it is that uh, its uh, second effect doesn't matter if it was exiled recently or like. 10 turns ago, it just cares that they were exiled with Gisa. Yeah. So, like, you could, people could Gisa. kill Gisa, and yeah. then you just play it again, and still get all the creatures you exiled. Give me that Constinx, damn it. <laughs> I'll get it eventually. Yeah. 
honestly, uh, probably one of my, at least in my opinion, one of the most interesting uh, commanders in this set. Yeah, that takes advantage of the decay effect. Yeah, uh, only card that does in my opinion, at least that I've seen. Oh yeah, I think we missed a blue card. Yeah, we did. Okay. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, Memory Deluge. Two double blue for an instant. Look at the top deck cards of your library where X is the amount of mana spent to cast a spell. Put two of them into your hand and the rest of the bottom of your library. And it has flashback of five and double blue. I get what they're going for, but it's way too high mana cost. But I do like how it's instant speed. Yeah, but also if you have cost reducers, it looks like less it cards. Works. Yeah, which <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of in cards, especially because I played Brawl for one of my decks. Mm -hmm. So this card just becomes less playable, and I thought it was already pretty bad. Yeah. Next up, back to black, Mask of Gristlebrand. One double black for a legendary artifact equipment. The equipped creature has flying and lifelink, and whenever the equipped creature dies, you may pay X life for X's power to then draw X cards, and it has a quick cost of three. Eh. I can't think of any time where this is like, just like definitively a good card, but I can't think of it being bad, you know? Yeah, like it, it says draw cards. It says draw cards. If you have a sack, a sack outlet and you have like, Okay, I can't think of any like aristocrat decks off the top of my head that have creatures with high power that you would want to sacrifice, but there's got to be some, right? Yep. So in those decks, it's probably an all-star, but other than that, it's probably just a worse skull clamp. Yeah. Next up, we have Jadar Ghoulcaller of Nefalia. A one of black for human wizard 1-1. One, one. At the beginning of your end step, if you control no creatures with Decayed, you create a 2-2 black zombie creature with Decayed. That's uh, just a bad Ophiomancer. Yeah. But you can play it in the command a zone. Creature, so it, goes in the, it can be in the command zone. You ever wanted to play Ophiomancer Tribal? Now's your chance. Yeah. Next up, we have Champion of the Perished, a one black, one one zombie with never another zombie, enters the map of your control, put a puzzle counter on Champion of the Perish. It's pretty much just an all-star and zombie decks, and that's it. It's the same as Champion of the Perish. Yep. I think it was called. Um, and just for zombies, but you don't run Champion of the Perish. I've never seen Champion of the Perish ran in uh, Commander, so I doubt this will be ran either. Yeah, like you only see Champion of the Perish in Human Tribal. And even then. And that hasn't existed until now. Even then. I don't know about that. Yeah. There's no keywords. It's just mm -hmm. a dork. Like. Yeah. Or not even a dork, it's an idiot. Dorks at least make mana. Next up, we have in the Uncommons, Dreadhound. Or double black for a 6 6 Demon Dog. Sorry, I'm getting a call on the. Well, I'm getting a ring on the doorbell. One second. All right. I guess I'll read on it though. Uh, Dreamhound. It's a six mana, four black, black for when Dreamhound enters the battlefield, mill three cards, and whenever a creature dies or a creature card is graveyard from uh, a library. Each opponent loses one life for a 6-6 six, six. demon dog. Um, 
It's alright, it's an overcosted uh Um Zulaport, right? No, whenever a creature dies or a creature's put in a card a graveyard from uh, from a library. So it's kinda like Sir Conrad the Grim, but mm. one more mana and more restrictive because I think Conrad is any card in mm -hmm. libraries, but I might be mistaken about that. Um But yeah, basically it's an okay include in aristocrats. I think it's too much mana. It, it's overcosted for yeah. sure. It, it could be used to insta kill with a self mill combo. But then if you do that, like Sir Conrad does the same because it's uh, whatever cards you can get from anywhere. Yep, yeah, and also the best self mill combo wins on the spot anyways because it's a losses combo. Yep. I'm back and also Dreadhound also hates on effects of. On other opponents doing this. Yeah. That's fair. Actually, yeah, that might be its best case to run it. Because it triggers on stuff hitting opponents' graveyard. So if someone brain freezes themselves like over and over again to try and deck themselves, you could hit them for quite a bit of damage. If they're low enough, that could be a deterrent. But Sir Conrad does the same thing. Yeah, so you can also double Sir Conrad too. And yeah, I just run Sir Conrad for that. If you only want one of the effects, though, Conrad is strictly better. Yeah. Uh, unfortunate, but it is an option as a second circumference, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, we have Morbid Opportunist. For two and a black, for one three human rogue, we have whenever one or more other creatures die, draw a card. This ability only triggers once each turn. Why? It's just like bad fecundity. Why does it only trigger once? It's only three mana, I mean, to be fair. So they're trying to be safe. Three mana, it. and also it doesn't care about non-token or anything. Yeah. It's oh, actually pretty okay. strong. Okay. If it, if it was non-token, I'd be like, this should trigger as many times as plausible. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, Next. since it's non-token, since it is token, I guess that's fine. But it, there are better cards. Yeah, it's just a bit yeah. underwhelming. But you can yeah, it's use not it bad. Like, it's like, like if you're like playing a like Shiray, where you can do it every turn. It's still, actually pretty not bad. Still pretty bad. Sure is bad in general. Yeah. I can say that. I, I can say that I planned. Sure is kind of trash. But don't forget, more opportunities. It's also a 1 3. So. Yeah. It works better, but it doesn't mean it works good. <laughs> Next up, we have Necrosynthesis. It has. Necrosynthesis. God damn why we <laughs> Why do we put syphilis on everything? It's funny. And by that, I mean. Okay. Sounds like it. One a black for an aura enchantment. Enchant creature. Enchant creature has whenever another creature dies, but plus one plus one counter on this creature. And has whenever this creature dies, look at the top X card of your library where X is power. Put one of those cards into your hand and the rest in the bomb your library in a random order. Huh. It, it can be a pretty powerful dig spell. It can be. That's the problem. But it's... unless you can play the enchantment multiple times, it's only going to be a one-off effect. Like, if you're playing, like, Luris as your commander or Moltrotha, that's pretty much the only place this card belongs in. Where X is the power. And the problem is you have to beat it with... Maybe maybe in some Aristocrats decks. I'd say, like, Luris is probably your only one that you would 
considering yeah. running it in. Lurus Aristocrats might want to run this. Even um, it's it's okay, Dig. It requires you to sack a bunch of stuff to get a decent dig off of it. Or just sacrifice a good creature, which you don't want to usually do. Yeah. Like, you put it on Sir Conrad, for instance, when we brought him up just recently. He has five power. Yeah. Like you dig five cards, which isn't terrible, but... But you'd have to sacrifice. You'd have to sacrifice card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's okay. It's kind of bad. There are better cards in black. Yes. You could just run Necrobones. Yeah. You could just run add Nas. Next up, we have Infernal Grasp. One a black for an instant that says destroy try a creature. You lose two life. Strictly better than Doomblade. Strictly yep. better than God for the Throat. Strictly better than Murder. At least for Commander. Yep. Next up, we have Blood Pact, which is two and a black for an instant that says target player draws two cards and loses two life. Uh, no. It's an instant at least, but Sign of Blood and uh, what's it called? The uh, other two mana draw two, lose two. I forget. Uh, Wait, is Whispers. Knight's Whisper? Or... Yeah, Knight's Whisper, yes. Uh, an instant? It's also a three. No, they're both sorcerers, but they're just better on rate and for your card to draw mm -hmm. unless you're a control shell it being instant versus sorcery actually as much. um yeah so this is you'd play this in a control still shell and you'd play either um sign and blood or knight's whisper in a non-control shell because they're more mana efficient that's basically what it comes down to this is actually a good card well even then like you will in control shells like people will still run sorcery based card draw just because mm -hmm. it's better on raid like uh people run treasure because you know i think that's what it's called yeah Even i run treasure i run a lot of sorcery card on yeah like ponder preordain etc jaren visions yeah next up we're going to red with the rares and we have smoldering egg one red for a dragon egg zero four with defender Whenever you cast into a sorcery spell, put a number of ember counters on the egg equal to the amount of mana spent to cast that spell. Then, if Smoldering Egg has seven or more counters, remove those counters and transform Smoldering Egg into Ashmouth Dragon, a 4-4 dragon with flying, and whenever you cast into a sorcery spell, Ashmouth Dragon deals two damage to any target. So it's taking the ice. Yes, like people have been talking about like this card being like the replacement, the thing in the ice. And then it turns into a gutter snipe. No. That does it to any target. A worse gutter snipe. Well, gutter snipe is to each opponent. This is yeah, to target. So this can be used for board removal, but it's... Um, it's control gutter snipe, not... It's it's a control... So maybe an is it control this is okay. Yeah, it's, it's an is it card strictly. Yeah. Um, It's not amazing. But it's not bad. Yeah. Thing in the ice was have... way better. <laughs> okay, yeah. So next up we have Burn Down the House. Three double red for a sorcery that says choose one. Burn Down the House deals five damage to each creature in each planeswalker. Or create three one one red devils with whenever this creature dies, deal one damage to any target and they gain haste until that turn. It's a board wipe that's worse than Blasphemous Act. What's the, uh, there's a Hour of Devastation, I believe is what its name is, which is, yeah. I think, the same as that first part. Except it, uh, Nam Bolas, and it also removes Indestructible. 
Yeah, which um, both of those don't come up that often. So unless you're in a Bolas centric deck, it's just a strictly better Hour of Devastation. But Hour of Devastation isn't really. Playable. Yeah, but I've never seen anyone run it. Yeah. So. Uh, Red and half only playing this like Thurla, which is a Devil Tribal deck. And even then, are you really? No, you ain't running yeah. that even <laughs> in Devil Tribal. There are way better cards. Devil is actually really had, good cards. Yeah. Next up, we have Falconrath Pit Fighter. A one red for a 2 1 Vampire Warrior Wait, with are we one not doing red. all the red cards? There are some red cards that are not good. Okay, so we, we, we're skipping the completely. We're casual. skipping cards that are completely unplayable. Okay. Computer, unless there's like a reason to mention them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, we good. can talk about this one if you want. No, no. I was just like. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Falconrath Pit Fighter? Yep. Okay. Uh, one in red. You may discard a card, stack a vampire, and then draw two cards. You may only activate this ability if an opponent last lacked this turn. What's the uh, what's the vampire tribal deck? Uh, Edgar Edgar yep. Markov. Yeah, yep. he's probably the only deck that that's going to see play in, but it's going to be very good there. Yeah, the Edgar like Ernageddon type thing yeah. this allows it to refuel its hand after it's locked the board if it wants to convert back to having hand control. Um. Actually, yeah, not a bad card in that specific deck, and that specific deck is actually not, like, insanely strong, but it's really strong, probably to the point where casuals will rage at you, so. Especially if you're playing the Arm Armageddon version. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're kind of dumb if you ain't run the Armageddon version. <laughs> you're gonna play it, or you might as well go all in. Yeah, you're yeah, with Mogus and Yokel Hops, Ryan. Your gloves is Next. such a bad board wipe. Shut up. <laughs> okay. Next up, we have Curse of Shaken Faith. One a red for an aura curse enchant player. Whenever enchanted player casts a spell, other than the first spell they cast each turn or copies a spell, Curse of Shaken Faith deals two damage to them. This is entirely a storm hate card. Yeah. And a pretty good one at that. You would run in if you notice in your meta that you run into too many storm players. Yeah, that, and it's just also like a generically good curse card. You're playing a curse deck. But if you're just yeah. blindly trying to put this into a deck that's not curse centric and not like like into a meta blind picked. meta, yeah, then you're never gonna run this card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unless you're like specifically that one that new curse command that we just mentioned a bit ago as well. Yeah, unless your curse sub theme, you don't run this because into a blind meta yeah if you know your meta you can pick whether or not you think the stacks effect on it is good enough yeah. next up we have geist flame reservoir one a red for an artifact whenever you cast into sorcery spell put a charge counter on geist flame reservoir and you pay one a red to tap it to remove any number of those charge counters to deal that much damage to any target or you may pay one a red tap it to then exile talk card your library and play that card this turn Mm. It's not bad, but you have to pay essentially five mana just to get a card off of it. Yeah. Uh, with untap effects, draw. with untap effects, it can be abused a little bit. Um, I'd say it's strictly unplayable. It's kind of bad. In red plus decks, you should never run it. In it Mono red, there might be an argument in very specific decks to run it, but it's 
overall outperformed by a bunch of other cards. Heck, red has better instant speed draw than five mana. Yeah. The only deck I'd even consider running this in would potentially be um, Prosper, I think is what its name is. Mm. And that's just because the, uh, the card draw is tied to an exile effect, which I know mm -hmm. is the main theme of that deck. I would not run it in yeah, there. I, I, have, I have a Prosper deck and I'm not running in there. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't even think it's playable there, I was about to say. Yeah. Mm. That, that, was, that was the only thing that came to mind for me, like thing playable maybe. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Next up, we have uh, Reckless Stormseeker. Uh, two and a red for a 2-3 werewolf. That says, to gain combat on your turn, turret creature you control gets plus one plus one and gains haste till that turn. And it has Daybound and Nightbound. Then when it's flipped, it becomes, once again, a red werewolf with power 3-4 called storm charge slasher that says gain combat on your turn target creature control gets plus 2-0 and gains trample and haste until that turn so pretty much you're only running this for like a haste enabler and even then there are cards that are probably better and what are the color identities again sorry it's just red it's mono red yeah yeah does it like, cost over three mana it costs three it costs three like but there are other hoops you have to jump through well, the first side comes in and it gives haste still, but it's a creature, so it's easier to remove than that. Okay, yeah. Um, it's basically a fervor on a creature. Which is its worse. Uh, arguably. Unless you have creature synergies. Um, well, it's, it's, it's more easily tutorable in, like, if you're red-green, which most werewolf yeah. decks are, because it's a werewolf, right? Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's, it's not it's that playable. bad. Like, it, it's playable. You might see some work. competitive play as an additional fervor effect. Yeah. But next not up, we have Cathartic Pyre. A one red instant that says choose one. Cathartic Pyre deals three damage to a creature or planeswalker, or discard two cards and then draw that many cards. Meh. That's good. It's an instant, so it's not badass. It reminds As me of a braid, and when's the last time you've seen a braid played? I run a braid. I've never seen you play it. I, what? I've never seen you play it. I've seen him play it once. Okay, I don't recall it. But um, that shows you how next, much I've seen it played. It. it I also run the uh, bottom effect. There's an, another instant in red that does that effect. I run that too Faithless in a couple things. Um. <laughs> no, at instant speed for two. I'm gonna say it's it's a worse faithless loading in my opinion. It, I think it's just about because it's also you have to discard those cards first. Yeah, yeah, that's the one downside. Which I never like those effects because, especially if you're trying to like card filter. Uh, and this is just a strictly better version of that card, so I think I think this has merit and can see play in certain decks. Okay. Next up, we have Obsessive Astronomer for one red. It has day night. And whenever night becomes day or day becomes night, you may discard the two cards to draw that many cards. It is a 2-2 human wizard for one red. You you can discard two cards and draw that many cards? Yeah. I think this one is strictly better than the Cathartic Fire just because it's uh, reusable. How much mana was it? Two. Two? two? Um, but I still don't think it's great. Yeah, that's a pretty good card. Two mana continuous draw effect. Yep. And uh, day night triggers on 
two spells cast and then no spells cast, correct? Yep. The problem is it will probably never... How often do you... If you have a draw-go deck at your table, you might actually get to flip back. But other than that, most games, most players are trying to cast at least one spell around. Yeah. So... Unless someone's getting very screwed or you are specifically trying to flip it. Yeah. Because you're getting very screwed. So it's like a... Actually, that might be good to run in a Drago conduct, uh, control deck. That way you can control... But it's red. When you... Is it control? Grixis control? But why would you play is it control when you could play green? Shut up. Green's okay. the best color <laughs> in the game currently. I'm not wrong. Jordan, next card. Next up, we're going to green. With our first rare being Tolovar's Huntmaster. Six mana, four and double green for a human werewolf that's a six pick. When Tolovar's Huntmaster enters the battlefield, create two 2-2 two, two green wolf creature tokens and it has stay bound, night bound. When it is night bound, Tolovar's Huntmaster, Tolovar's pack leader, as whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, you create two 2-2 two, two green wolf creature tokens and has the ability two double green another turret wolf or werewolf you control fights turret creature you don't control and it's a seven seven it's wolf titan it, yeah it's wolf titan that's about it <laughs> it's not that good it's only playable in werewolf, uh, yeah. wolf or werewolf tribal mm -hmm. and even then it's or, just like, it's or like maybe or maybe zombies. like green uh girl uh, fight stuff deck even then you'd have to be able to flip it consistently Next up, we have Sneak Into the Festival. Uh, three double green, oh, not three double green, three triple green for six mana, a sorcery with, look at the top five cards of your library, put two permanent cards with mana value five or less from among the ones of the battlefield, and then put the rest of the body library in random order, and has flashback of seven triple green. Up to two permanents, you just said two permanents. I just want to point that out. Oh yeah, it's up to two parents. You can also choose no parents you want. If you if you whiff. Yeah. As well. So uh, it cheats two permanents into play? Oh, yep. CMC five, five or less. Permanent. For six mana. Right? Permanence. At sorcery speed. Uh, I've seen worse, oh, but I don't know if it's There good. are worse cards in existence, but this is definitely below the threshold of playable. A lot of people are calling it Sloco. Uh, I get it, like that one card collected company. Anyways, you want to look at five cards as well, which is very... Nice. Small, yeah. Ooh, that's kind of small. Yeah. Not Next very up, impressive. We have Augur of Autumn. One double green for a 2-3 human wizard. With, you may look at the top card library at any time. You may play lands from the top of your library and has coven which is as long as you control three or more creatures with different powers you may also cast creature spells from the top of your library so wait is this basically a um fuck what's the guy uh, it's a course of a crucifix that is the... sometime no 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 it's a course for a crucifix that is sometimes also a vizier of the magic uh, what's the course for a crucifix part of the effect you may play lands from top Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But also, it doesn't reveal them, which is very nice. Oh, you can yeah. look. Yeah, yeah so look. it's um, 
It's just. It's like a better Oracle of Mediah. It's three mana, right? No, Oracle of Mediah lets you play an additional land. Oh. I'd say strictly better Corsair Crufix. Yeah. What's the CMC of this card? Three? Yeah, same casting yeah. cost as well. One Shit. Um, yeah, that's actually an okay card. Uh, it's not amazing. It's It'll mainly be ran in, like, probably Simic or Sultai lands. And? I was thinking, like, Simic Teamer. Teamer. Mm. And, like, Omnath. Yeah. Yeah. Next. Ooh, Omnath. Yeah, Mono Green Omnath. I yeah, meant uh, green red, 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 but all the Omnaths can run it. <laughs> Why the can. fuck not? <laughs> so, next up we have Unnatural Growth. One quadruple green for an enchantment. That says, as we game each combat, double the power and toughness of each creature you control until end of turn. Jank. It's, it, this is such a, a Timmy card. Yeah. And I love it. It's... Next up, we have Therith, the Viper's Fang. Two double green for a legendary human warlock it is a 3-4. Other attack creatures in control have Death Touch, while other untapped creatures in control have Hexproof. And may pay one to tap her to give another target creature untap or land. You worded that so weird. I did. I what did. the fuck? Yeah. My brain wasn't thinking first there. It was jumbling words. I think I might have I might have a mental in there. So one tap it, untap another target creature or land you control. There, that sounds better. Yeah. What is it, CMC? Four for a three four. four. Oof. Ow. Oof. It feels a bit overcosted, but other untapped creatures you control have hexproof is quite a strong effect. It's and giving your attacking creatures that are tapped death touch is actually also pretty good too it's okay uh it's not amazing there are cards for cheaper that do parts of its effects that are probably the strongest so it reminds me a lot of uh the frost thing uh this is two mana though right four or oh, not mana. not two mana um single color identity correct yeah, it's great. Yes. Okay, so it's a it's a better option than maybe the Simic guy that does the same thing. Uh, if you want to play Mono Green, so I guess it has its places, but but if you care about the Death Touch specifically, then you get uh, you can have the Frostfang, which gives your attacking creatures Death Touch. Mm-hmm. Also, if you care about the Untap, there's a two mana um, Elf that lets you just tap it to untap a creature. Yeah, there are dozens of cards that do that. Yeah. Especially green. So, so yeah. this is kind of an oversaturated market. Uh, the yeah. best, the most unique part's the hexproof, and that Staticism. kind of is handled by just hacking a heroic, is what I was going to say. But yeah, Staticism works well, too. If you want a permanent based one, that doesn't have to, that doesn't rely on your creatures being untapped as well, so you can use your dorks to tap the mana still. Mm. Mm. Wait, but doesn't that card say you're. Oh, you're talking about Staticism. Yeah. Okay. In Heroic, uh, if you leave two dorks untapped because you want to keep them with Hexproof, you might as well have just kept two dorks untapped to cast a Heroic if a board wipe drops, because that'll also protect against that. Yeah. Whereas the Hexproof won't. Um, yeah. Okay, next up we have Outland Liberator. One green for a 2 2 human werewolf. You may. Pay one, sack outland with rare to destroy Terror Artifighter Enchantment, and it has Daybound, Nightbound. On Nightbound, it becomes Frenzy Trapbreaker, Werewolf 3 3, 
and has another Frenzy Trapbreaker attacks, destroy turret artifact enchantment to Flaming Flare controls, and has the ability to pay one sacrifice Frenzy Trapbreaker to destroy turret artifact or enchantment. So, Quathali Pride Mage once again, but that's off the world that has the upside of when it's a werewolf also being able to kill our Vex enchantments on attack. Yeah, notable it's an attack trigger, not a damage trigger. Mm-hmm. So you could attack and blow up an artifact or enchantment and then sacrifice it if it gets blocked and would die. Yeah. <clears throat> which would be very nice, but it has to be in the Nightbound form to do that, which... Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been talking about this a bit, but not much, but... I don't know how consistent the Nightbound forms are going to be. To switch to cards. Nightbound, you have to cast two spells in one turn, no. correct? Uh, yeah. No spells. No spells to change from day to night. Two spells to change from night to day. Oh, that's ass. Yeah. Yeah, but you have to cast them on your turn. I still... Wait, they have to yeah. be cast on your turn? I thought it was if in... During any turn... Any no, they changed day. how that works slightly from the That's original. the old werewolf. Oh, okay. But... Okay. Yeah, at worst, it's... At, at worst, it's just a mono-green yeah. Quasi Prime Mage. Yeah. In either form, which isn't bad. I mean, it's kind of like one mana more up front for uh, Caustic. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're mono green and you want an effect like this, one, or if you're like in a, like, Golgari, like, it's not bad. One mana less than uh, the Brontodon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. Next up, we have Draz Revival, which is uh, two to green for Sorcery, that says return turret card from graveyard to your hand and has a flashback of four in a green. It's essentially a slightly costly regrowth with flashback. Yeah, so the question is do you value the flashback or do you value the efficient CMC? Uh, this uh, reminds me a lot of. What's the uh, the one that the model dual face one? Yeah, MD. Uh, yeah. But do you, do you value. I'll get a recovery. Yeah, do you value. If you want to run both as well, like regrowth and one of the two. Would you value the potential land, or would you value the flashback more? Yeah. Also, um, this card, I think, goes up in power. Um, surprisingly, the lower power you go over regrowth, because in lower power pods, everyone's running less efficient cards, so you can afford to run less efficient recursion, because oh. it can be used multiple times. So, yeah, I think in casuals, this will be strong, stronger than regrowth. Also, as you mentioned, uh, less graveyard hate, the more casual you are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. The more competitive you get, you would probably be running this as a secondary regrowth, or if your deck can somehow exploit the fact that it's casting from grave. Yeah. Next up, we're in the multicolor zone. Starting with the mythics, we have Teferi, who slows the sunset. Stop printing Teferi's. Teferi's <laughs> good! Good and not broken though. I miss Jace. So I, I, I'm just burnt out. We've, we've had two Teferis a year for like six to eight years. No. Right. Three years. Wait, it's only been three, three years. years. Six to oh, eight years. Oh my <laughs> god, damn! Can we please stop getting Teferis? It feels like it's been forever. He does slow the sun. Oh yeah, he slows everything down. He is so boring. Speaking of slowing stuff down, this Teferi is only playable in one style of deck, in my opinion, and that is Stasis, Stasis Locks. Yeah. This card okay. is meant for degenerate stacks players. 
So it is two, a white and a blue, for a four loyalty planeswalker that says plus one, choose the one tart artifact, up to one tart creature, up to one tart land. Untap the chosen permanents you control, tap the chosen permanents you don't control, and you gain two life. Minus two, anticipate. Look at the top three cards of your library, put one in your hand, rest in the bottom. Minus seven, you gain an that says untap all permanents you control during each month's untap step, and you draw a card during each month's draw step. You're looking at this card for like, again, stasis effect, effects that want to play on everyone's turn. Wind drops, alley decks, stasis decks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, smoke. Deck. Not even. What? Unless you untap another creature. Not blink gun taps. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all you're going to want to play this with. It's also just generically good value. It's drawing it's a, a card and tapping your stuff every upkeep and draw step isn't bad. That's if you if you alt. The plus yeah. one is very deck specific. Mm -hmm. and, well, uh, not very deck specific, but for the, in order for the untapped creature to matter, it's more deck specific. Artifact and land can both be for mana, obviously. Yeah, the Teferi only wants to be played in either like Planeswalker decks or decks that want to completely gum up the board and make it so that no one gets to play the game. I'm not even gonna run this in tracks, so I did. It's not. It, it's it not, not meant for Planeswalkers. It's meant for Stasis. It's meant for one deck only, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm saying decks that should run it. Yeah, I'm saying decks that should run it. Gravy and Derevi. Derevi and I'd um. I'd say Urza, but it's mono blue. What's or that guy who sits in a chair? Alora. Aloro Stasis, maybe? Uh, okay. yeah. Next up, we have Arlen the Pax Hope. Two in Gruel for a four loyalty walker with Daybound Nightbound. Daybound until end of, yeah, as a plus one with until end of turn. You may cast creatures as though they have flash, and each creature you control enters the battlefield with additional plus one counter. Minus three, you create two green wolf, two green wolf tokens. Then, in Nightbound, she has plus two add Gruel to your mana pool. Gruel mana into your mana pool. And zero, until in a turn, Arlen the Moon's Fury becomes a 5-5 werewolf creature with Trample, Indestructible, and Haste. This somehow made another terrible Arlen. It's not... Like it's it's certainly better, but it's the only playable one. Wait, what, dude? The werewolf's text is too fucking long. I keep zoning out midway through. <laughs> uh, this is pendulum yeah, like, monsters all over again. <laughs> yeah, Arlen the Pax Hope is not bad, but again, not a great planeswalker. You're really only playing this in the werewolf deck. Even then, I don't know if you are. Next up, we have Sagarda, Sagarda Champion of Light. One green and two white for a 4-4 legendary angel with flying and trample and has you in the control, get plus one plus one. And she also has Coven. Whenever Sagarda attacks, if you control three or more creatures with different powers, those are the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a human creature card from among them and put it into your hand. And then put the rest of the bomb in random order. Seems like a pretty Darn. decent 
human tribal deck, but I don't know if there's enough humans that are good enough to run to make it a good commander. Yeah, like we've gotten a lot of support from this set and also from Arcoria, uh, but the, what the real defining factor is if the precon has any good human tribal cards. The other thing is a lot of the human support from Ikoria was white black, whereas Sigard has white green, obviously. Mm -hmm. Like there are a few mono white ones, like there's this one white Iama effect, well, yeah, but that's but pretty much it. I'm saying just the majority. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like we're really like what humans really need desperately is just more tribal synergy and not just generically good humans. And a better commander, probably like Abzan or Boober or something. For casting costs. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, Florian Voldaren Stian, a one and Rakdos for three mana for a three three vampire noble legendary with first strike. At the beginning of combat, no, no, at the beginning of your post combat main phase. Look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the total amount of life your opponent's lost this turn. Exile one of those cards and put the rest of the bottom of your library in random order. You may play that card this turn. Again, this could be good in um, an Edric style deck, but. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about him as commander either. It's pseudo card draw in Rakdos, right? Yeah. That can be ran yeah, in the command zone. It's yeah, kind of good. Edgar Markov card. It might be okay as its own commander. I don't know. It doesn't need to be uh, Vampire Tribal at least, which is nice for that. But... Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This can just be ran in like generic Rakdos decks as another way to get some consistent cards, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Next up, we have the Nick Pious Apprentice. That is a one white, one of blue. And a one blue, one white for two, three legendary human soldier with lifelink cards and graveyards can't be the target spells or abilities. It has disturb two and Azorius. You cast this card from your graveyard, transform before to serve cast, and then it then becomes Derek. What's that? Uh, Derek Pious Apparition. Which is a 3-2 with flying spirit soldier. Whenever one or more creature cards are put into your graveyard, into graveyards from anywhere, investigate disability triggers only once each turn. And if Denik would be put from into the graveyard, into a graveyard from anywhere, exile instead. Hmm. I feel like most of these disturb cards, ah, disturb cards, just have too many hoops to jump through. This to get good. His first side is probably stronger than his second side, also. Uh, I don't know. His first side is just ground seal, and yeah. do you ever see that played? I've literally never. I've seen it played a couple times. Not good. It also used to be in my yeast on list. Uh, the only time I've ever seen it played, it was very specifically to counter metas. Yes, yes. It, it's it's a meta specific card, or you could. The weird thing is now, um, what's the new best deck? Um, Opus Thief might want to run this so that their graveyard cannot be targeted while they're comboing. 
So it can be a defensive stack piece now, given that it's in the correct yeah, color. Yeah, Silent Gravestone just does that anyways. It's colorless artifact. Huh? So it just feels like the, uh, if you're not in green, then it's just not worth it for that style effect because you can't tutor it easily or easier than anything else. Yeah. Um, it, it's an okay card. It's not amazing. It's... Yeah. But I don't think it's, like, trash like some of the other stuff we've I seen. do think that all these cards <laughs> with Disturb are trash as commanders, though, because... Oh, yeah, yeah. He is not a yeah. commander. He is an in-deck card. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we have Catilda Dawnheart Prime. One green, one white for a 1-1 legendary human warlock with protection from werewolves. Human creatures you control have tap, add one mana of any of this creature's colors, and, and then Cathilda has four and the Lesnia tap her, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. Again, this is great support for humans, but she's not a commander, but she's great in deck for like a human travel list. That? Hmm. Huh. Will this see competitive play? I feel like it's more of a tokens deck rather than a humans deck. This, humans are tokens. Well, human tokens specifically, this, yeah, but... This is actually really fucking strong. Uh, so it's a two-mana dork, right? Which sounds kind of bad, but if you're running humans that give you advantage, like hate bears or hate bears but i was thinking like two go-to competitive creatures are like snap and duel uh and fucking uh bob all three of those are humans and that would mean you're wooberg yeah but i mean you could be running three color plus and just having to slot this in yeah it's not bad uh, i think okay. this is good in deck i think any deck running um this colors might want to consider it yeah, um, but yeah, also hate bears. A lot of hate bears are human. So, Anji is a hate uh, is a human, right? Anji, like Anji no. Falconrath? No, no, not Anji. Uh, Falia? No. Falias. It's three mana. It's a rip effect. I'm mixing up names. Oh, Anafenza. Anafenza, not Anji. Anji yeah. is the vampire. Yeah, I'm fucking. Stupid. Yeah, Anafenza is the human. There's oh. a lot more. I just can't recall. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, honor guard. Yeah, so this just turns a bunch of like happenstance creatures into, um, demon priest, into, uh, yeah, like man dorks. Sanctum prelate, both Thalias. Yeah, both Thalias, yeah. Mangara. Next up, we have Rem Carlos. Stalwart Slayer, one and Boros for a two-three legendary human knight flying in haste. If a spell would deal damage to you or another permanent control, prevent that damage. If a spell would deal damage to an opponent or a permanent opponent controls, it deals damage damage plus one instead. Eh. Yeah, it's it's, it's a funny card. It's it's got hippogriff. Mm. The best use of it is playing in the command zone and then having Blasphemous Act in deck. What you could if that's also... that's your best use, like, are you really a deck? <clears throat> if, 
if you know a deck wins through direct targeted damage, right? Oh, it only prevents permanence you control. You and permanence. Oh, it does protect you? Yes. From but direct only damage? From spells. Oh, but spells, not effects? Okay, this doesn't protect against safe or flux. Um, it's bad at best. <laughs> Next up, we have Ludovic Necrogenius. For one blue and one black, you get a legendary human wizard. That's two, three. That says whenever Ludovic Necrogenius is a battlefield or attacks, you mill a card. Then you may play then you may pay X double blue double black to exile X creature cards from your graveyard and then transform Ludwig. X cannot be zero, and you may only activate as a sorcery. You then get Olog Ludwig's Hubris. Olog is a legendary creature zombie as a 4-4 and has as long as this creature uh, I mean as this creature creature transforms to Olog. Ludwig's Hubris, it becomes a copy of a creature exiled with it, except its name is still Olog Ludwig's Hubris. It's still 4-4, and it's still a legendary blue and black zombie, in addition to its other colors and types. Then you put a number of, ex a number of plus one counters on Olog, equal to the number of creatures exiled with it. Um... Not... Horrible, but not good. Isn't there a Demir commander that already does this? Lazav. Yeah. Lazav yeah, the Multifarious? I was just say it's Lazav that has to jump through more hoops. Yeah, um... Yeah. yeah. It's it's a worse Lazav. Which is unfortunate, but... I mean, if you need two Lazav effects for some reason... Or you want to have a commander for, like... A slightly different deck. They're, they're slightly different, at least. But... They're, they're a little different. Um, I don't... Well, you might be running for, like, uh, worth those reasons. Yeah, that's the main reason anybody would run, I feel like. I, I don't think it's strong. I think it's... Yeah, flavorful, that's it. Yeah. It's a slightly weaker Lazav. And Lazav isn't up, good right now. We have uh, Vadric Astro the Archmage. One and Simic Colors. Yep. For a legendary human wizard. That's a 1-2. If it's neither day or night, it becomes day or night. It has day and night effects. Instant sorcery spells you cast cost X less or X is Badrick's power. And whenever a day becomes night or night becomes day, you may put, well, you don't, may, you put a puzzle puzzle counter on Badrick. You don't may. It's just like Mizzix. Or, yep. it's like a different style of Mizzix, obviously, but. It's Simic, correct? No, it's a. Is no, it? is it? Oh, it is, so is Mizzix, it? But... Okay. Instead of experience, it's his power. Um. Yeah, and that. Is he reasonably cost? He's one less mana, so he's three mana. Um. Huh. Let's out of the board. He just makes us that everything costs one less. Okay, he's a one three. Yeah. Yeah. One two. So. This. Yeah, it's basically. It's a lot. Easier to interact with and stop than Mizzix is because Mizzix keeps the experience. Yeah, I think this will be an in deck amplifier, if anything, but it's still good. Yeah, because worst case scenario is just like an Electromancer. And actually, you could run it as Commander, and it'd still be pretty potent. 
have Slogark the Ogre Slime. Oh. A 1 in Simic Colors for a 3 3 Legendary Ooze with Trample. Whenever a land card is put into your graveyard from anywhere, put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on Slogark the Ogre Slime. Then you may remove three counters on Slogark to return it to its owner's hand. Then, when Slogark leaves the battlefield, you may return up. You know, you know, may you return up to three target land cards and bring it to your hand. It's like a life on the level with a lot more steps as well. That's way too. You should have returned the lands to the board. Um, that's kind of bad. You want to play like a... Well, wait. Uh, it lets you put the lands into grave from anywhere, so you could run self-mill. Mm -hmm. Or discard, like um, a frog style. But... Groups. It's still so bad. <laughs> like, the most I've seen see was like, put an Eldrathi Titan and then put that uh, one druid in and just have it go through your whole deck make him like a 44 you hit someone in the face I can see this travel so that's not terrible but yeah yeah probably the best thing to do yeah is to just deck yourself yeah, over and over again um yeah kind of pants trying to go with like a gimmick or just something like interesting and funny that's pretty much all you're doing it's yeah it's funny but it's a bad card it can also be pretty good in like a strip lock kind of deck but most of them are green i was trying to think of how to make it like it's okay in a strip lock deck but you really want um crucible effects as opposed to well, it's, it's just like a third one like a fourth one because you have your crucible you have your driving up you have that new six drop. You have life in them, so it's like the fifth version of a of those style effects like for you. Yeah, it's it's like a backup, 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 yeah. backup. And I guess you could run this one in the command zone, so you are always guaranteed to at least hit this effect. Maybe. Yeah. So you might be able to run Simic Strip Lock, but that means you don't get to run the Azusa in command zone. Yeah. Which means, but you're in green, so I guess you can tutor the Azusa, right? Maybe. Actually, I might have talked myself into thinking it's a little strong. But it's because it's like, it's your fifth best option, but it gets to be put in the command zone. Okay. Next up, we have Siphon Insight. Uh, Demir Colors for an instant. Look at the top two cards of the opponent's library, exile one of them face down, and put the other on the bottom. Of that library, you may look at that card and play that exile card for as long as remain exiled. And you spend it as though it man any color and has flashback of one and Demir. Oh, a two mana Demir card. Those have never been broken. <laughs> nah, uh, it seems good. It's basically a sleight of hand on your opponent, correct? Yep. Um. Yeah, so you pay double the mana, but you get to steal something uh, in the process. It's, it does have flashback, so... It's alright. It's playable. Not bad. 
It also has inst uh, it's also an instant, which is very nice for this. Yes, which means you effect. can hold open control and then play it on end step when there's nothing better to do. Or it's so vamp tutors. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can just fuck with people's tutors. That's really funny. Tutor, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like that that's probably the most powerful thing you can do with it. They vamp tutor, they e tutor, they whatever. Yeah. Um Actually, yeah, that's as you get higher in power, the ability to fuck with the top specific card of the deck at instant speed comes uh way stronger so yeah that's probably yeah it's really good actually now that you mentioned that next up we have uh dire strain rampage <sighs> you know I made, this, I made this joke when i first saw it released but it's not even a joke i can't tell if it's supposed to be a removal or ramp it's it's so bad at both. It might as well be neither. <laughs> we just well, you're card. gonna have to see a lot of it because I'm playing this card so much in my Nymphism deck. That's well, right. that's because you have a really like, dumb <laughs> restriction. <laughs> eh, it's not so, Dire Strain Rampage is a sorcery that's for one in Gruel Colors. Mm-hmm. That says destroy tar artifact, enchantment, or land. Yeah. If a land is destroyed this way, its controller may search their library for the two basic land cards and put them in play tapped. Then shuffle. Otherwise, its controller may search for the library for one basic land card, put it on the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. And it's flashback of three in gruel. Yeah. And. I think it's just so this sub is in the colors that it has to compete with Chaos Warp and Beast Within to the best removal spells in the format. Uh, so three mana should remove any permanent type period, given those two cards. And this doesn't. So it's already on the back foot. It's also sorcery speed, speed, not instant. That's another point against it. And it gives a land which is ramp, and you don't want to ramp your opponents. That's bad. So I guess this card's supposed to be cast on your own stuff, but that requires you to have a sacrificial card. Well, um, it's just Sorcery Speed Hero now that's two colors. Sorcery Speed Hero is probably its best bet, and the land's under tap. It doesn't even do Hero right. Uh, it's there's, there's whatever you want this for. There's something that does it ten times better. There's no point in running it. Unless and if your you're entire cast... deck is artifact removal, then like tribal, you know. Yeah, and you're in art. Yeah, you you have one mana artifact removal out the ear. You don't need that part of this. It's so bad that like some of these cards are like, haha, funny bad. This one's just like, why did Wadsy think they wanted this? And it's a rare. Oh my god, I just realized it's a rare. Oh my god. Why? Okay, we're on one with nothing territory. I'm, I'm done. Goodbye. <laughs> Next up, we have Old Stick Fingers. I just want to be clear, uh, he actually walked away from the computer. <laughs> Anyways, uh, go on. Old Stick Fingers is uh, a legendary horror at Star Star with a casting cost of X, green, and a black. Whenever you cast this, when you cast this spell, reveal a card from the top of your library until you reveal X creature cards. Cards. Put all creature cards revealed this way into your graveyard, 
then put the rest on the bongo library in random order. Old Stickfinger's power and suit are each equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. It seems like a... Just Golgari reanimator list. Mm -hmm. At least I would assume. Because he doesn't have like, also, evasion or anything. Yeah. Also, another thing would be interesting is like, you can either... You could like have a very specific number of creatures in your deck and have old figures of speed design specifically just put those creatures in the grave every single time. Yeah. Which kind of seems boring in my opinion. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of boring, but that's pretty much your, your best bets. Yeah. Next up, we have Hullavar, Dire Overlord. For one and gruel colors, we have a legendary human werewolf with that's a three-three. It has whenever a wolf or werewolf you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. And at the beginning of your upkeep, if you control three or more wolves or werewolves, it also includes Tolovar, it becomes knight, and then transform any number of human werewolves you control. That's a when it goes really good effect for the because uh, daylight bound is a very inconsistent thing it feels like yep and it also works around all werewolves yeah which like makes it so that if they aren't uh retroactively changed it makes them a lot better too mm -hmm. right. then we have its night form which is tovar midnight scourge which is a 4-4 with whenever a wolf or werewolf you control discount damage to a player you draw a card which is the same as first but gains a new ability that is you may pay x and gruel to have turret wolf or werewolf you control gain x plus o and trample until they turn hmm it this is like this is the best werewolf commander people could ask for that's not saying much though seeing as the last werewolf commander was fucking Ulrich Ulrich wasn't a werewolf commander no he was fight commander doesn't mean he wasn't also the werewolf commander. <laughs> You're right, the last werewolf commander was Kessig Wolfrun. There. There we go. Tovar is, like, he's aggressively costed. He gives us card draw in the command zone. As, uh, tribal synergy helps, uh, fix the wolves and old and new wolves so that they are constantly werewolves, which is what you want them to be at. Like, it's so flavorful and extremely pushed. At yeah. least for werewolves. Yeah, <laughs> for a creature that gets <laughs> pushed. Yeah, it seems really good and uh honestly it's, it seems like a pretty enjoyable deck for That is push. actually yeah, really really strong. Um uh, hopefully we can see this in action at some point. When it deals combat damage if you can give it double strike, it double draws. Or trample if it can trample over, which it gives trample on its effect. If you like, if they have like a creature with a big butt. So I'm back. Very good. Yeah, right. that card's pretty strong. Um. Yeah. Next so card. wait, if I'm understanding its uh, effect on the human side, if you control three werewolves, all werewolves are permanently locked to their dark form, correct? No, on your no, upkeep it changes. 
Mm. They, they transform to the night form. Okay. Wait, if he's already in night form, and you play an old school werewolf, it won't transform. Yep. Uh, okay, that is his one downside. You gotta admit, they did a lot to try and fix it, but they can't do everything. Yeah, They yeah. could have put that same effect, and it's like, you may flip the werewolves on the other side as well. Mm-hmm. So they, they done that with but I no no for three mana he's still fine. But I I, I get why it's draw on the command zone in gruel. Um, it helps with the problem of the werewolf synergy, which is uh, trouble keeping consistent transformations. And it you know he's reasonably bodied for his cost, and he has a pump effect on his flip, correct? Yep. Which is basically a second casting. Yeah. Yep. For wolves or werewolves. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't happen. Yeah, which is amazing. So uh, he can give stuff trample. So mm -hmm. he's he's really good for a creature deck. I think he's really well designed. Yeah. He's not going to be like busted by any means, but he's not weak. Uh, next card. Uh, yeah. Next card. Lysia, Lysia, uh, Forgotten Archangel. Two double white and a black for a four-five legendary angel with flying lightning. Whenever another non-twin creature control dies, return that card to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. And whenever a creature to punk control dies, exile instead. I think this card's uh, pretty strong too. I saw I seen it uh, related to Athreos recently when I was looking at uh, this card before. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about Shadowware Apostle and even yeah, Athreos. Yeah, I think this is just uh should be looked at as a powered up Shire. Eh, Shire comes back to field, which is the benefit of it. Yeah, but this one oh, at least Shire has a delayed shit. trigger. Oh, I'm aware. And this angel can die without you losing everything. Yeah, I get that it doesn't come back to field, but like, also. Every deck based around recurring sacked creatures doesn't need to go Shadowborn Apostles, people. You can build other decks with them. <laughs> go Shadowborn Apostles just to piss them off. I'm surprised. I was I was actually pleasantly surprised when you built Shire and didn't opt that route. Unlike you, I don't like it. Just having tutor decks. No, but that's what most people like think is a good Shire deck. Start crafting out demons. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but um, yeah, I, I like this commander. I think it's good for um aristocrats. It prevents um opponent graveyard strategies while facilitating your own, which makes it really good. Yeah. Um, life links never bad to have on a commander. Realistically, for uh, aristocrats, though, it probably is just worse than Tesla Carlo. Yeah, that is the sad part, but it's not like, it, it's, it's decently strong, it's, but yeah, Tesla is above it. This is just like pushed Both Tesla's are probably above it. Nah, I'd say just the, uh, the new one. The double all death triggers? Yeah, for aristocrats. Yeah. Next we have Cool Colors Harvest, which is, uh black and green for a sorcery that says create x two two black zombie creature tokens decayed where x is half the number of creature cards in your graveyard rounded up 
and it has flashback of three and Gogari. Um, yeah, it's meh. It's not good. When's the last time yeah, you've seen anyone play these style effects in a uh, commander? Like I literally never have. Yeah, I've seen me neither. They seem good in concept, but they're just never what you want. So, what's never what? Who wants? These like uh, generate tokens equal to the number of cards in your graveyard, or something like that. Like this is what. Oh, so, two mana generate X tokens. Where X is half the number of creatures in your graveyard. And they have decayed. Yeah. Um. Hmm. That is probably one of the stronger variants of this effect I've seen. It also has flashback. It's actually reasonably costed. What yeah, the? But they have decay, so they can't attack. Or they uh, attack once, then they can't block. Uh, actually, is decay? But if I'm in Golgari and I'm generating X tokens, I'm probably using this to like, I don't know, feed something to sack to Jared to kill a player. Yeah, um, why would you play Jared? He's boring. Or yeah, you call out all your Jared players. <laughs> um, but actually, this is probably stronger, just a stronger version of um the worms, right? No, I think worms is for all cards, is it not? Early harvest is for all lands. Oh, it's lands? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was creatures. Okay. No, no, no. It's worm harvest, yeah. Um. I... And it does have retrace. Which means I... you can flash it back multiple times, basically. Yeah. Um. I, I still think this is a good card. Still, I mean, I would never run it personally. I don't play much of Golgari, though, to be fair. I could see several Golgari decks that would want to run it, but yeah, there are... It definitely needs a deck specifically looking for the effect, but it's not a bad version of the effect. Again, you need to make use of Decay Zombies specifically. Mm, yeah, usually you're using a mass token generation in those colors as sack fodder. Okay, next up we have Croaking Counterpart. Which is a play on a cackling caliper. It is a one and simic for a sorcery assist. Create a token as a copy of target non frog creature. It's a one one green frog. So, wait, it's a one as, one green frog with all the effects of target creature. Yep, it has flashback of three and simic. So, this is what you're saying is this is a three mana clone. Yep. There's a lot of three mana clones now. There's a lot of two mana clones. Um, yeah, three mana clone is still playable though. So this is actually strong. Uh, its biggest downside is it's locked to Simic colors. Uh, upside is it has flashback, so it can be cast twice. Um, I, I like this card. It's okay. I don't see any downside to this card. It can clone cards you, your creatures you don't own, which is very nice. Yeah. But most of the cards you want to clone. I feel like either have good ETB triggers, which is probably the best use of it because you get a 1-1. Mm -hmm. Have a good body, which doesn't matter for this because there's yeah. a what's 1-1. Or have good static abilities, which the main one for that that comes to my mind are like Avacyn, which means it's a killable by any negative 1-1. negative one. Mm -hmm. Or Elish Norn, which dies to state-based effects because there's another Elish Norn. Or you control the other Elish Norn and then... You have two legends, one dies to state-based effects. 
yeah um but i mean there are other cards you might want to clone like um obviously i'm just saying like generally speaking and like the cloning of... a priest of titania against an elf deck gives you like infinite mana basically <laughs> um, okay, moving on yeah right of harmony it is uh one green one white for an instant that says whenever a creature enchantment enters the battlefield your control this turn draw a card and a splashback of two and the left hand oh this is um this is um a expanded upon version of um glimpse of nature yes I'm like it's called glimpse but is it really just glimpse of nature yeah glimpse of nature plus it has flashback and this triggers off enchantments so for wait if i play an enchantment creature do i get two draws no creature or if it's a creature like and i think maybe that may might be the exception but it says creature or it only counts one of them okay um that sucks but it's still a good card Okay. Yeah, pretty much the same idea for me. Like, I love this card. This it's, card is yeah. really, really good. In, like, like yeah. in Selesnia Creature Storm, it's going to be a very powerful card. And it's also good for Enchantress, which is also mm -hmm. primarily in Celestia. Yeah. Um, it also has Enter the Battlefield, so tokens work. Wait. Ooh, wait. Oh. Tokens do work. No, okay. Uh, that is actually really, really strong. Okay. I believe the other one is cast. Yes, Glimpse yeah. is cast. Yeah. This is a token. Uh, this is a creature ETV trigger. Oh my god. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is really good. Yeah, uh, I really like it. I think it's actually with that realization, it might be stronger than Glimpse of Nature. It definitely is. Yeah. It's just more color restrictive. Yeah. And it's slightly more yep. mana to cast, but once it starts up, oh, creature tokens. We have Galvanic Iteration. Iteration is uh, one blue, one red, for an instant that says when you cast your next instant or source spell this turn, you copy it and you may choose the pirates with a copy. With a flashback of one and is it. This good. is meant for Storm. I've never liked these cards personally. For your next spell specifically. I feel like just running... Don't you play bonus round? It's different. That's all your spells this turn. Yeah. But if you like Galvanic Iteration and then you... Uh... Like, cast... Like, bonus round... That's why like, I specified your next spell, not your spells. This, and then Galvanic it again, and then... Flashback the bonus turn. Yeah, you can get some crazy loops going with that shit. Uh, I, I, I like it for Storm. It's, um... What's also cool is that you could cast Gavag Iteration and flashback it to then get another Gavag Iteration you get two more copies of it. Yeah. But, yeah. There are other ways to do really crazy stuff with it. Yeah. It's, um... It's nice. Uh, it's mainly used in Storm. Or... Maybe as a combo finisher in like a different spell-based deck. But, yeah. Okay, next up 
is you, unnatural. One, one, one thing you could do, you could turn pretty much any counterspell into basically Flusterstorm using Galvanic Iteration in it to, to put multiple counters on something if you know someone has control magic to fight it. Okay, that's all I want to say. <laughs> okay. Next up is Unnatural Moonrise. Red and a green for a sorcery that says it becomes night. So end of turn, target creature gets plus one oh and has trample and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. And a flashback of two and gruel. So this is a two mana flip all werewolves, trigger all nighttime effects, and draw a card in gruel. No, that's draw yep. cards for each creature that does combat damage. No, where this creature does one. Yeah, it's oh, a creature. It draws you a card. <clears throat> oh, okay, I thought it was each creature. So it's like, oh, it's so good. two mana to draw you a card in gruel, which quite frankly is an it effect. It has to deal damage though. That's a downside. Uh, that is a downside. Trample, swing a two-two into someone who only has a land war elf. Well, I'm aware. I'm just saying you have to remember that sometimes you can't get it. Yeah, game. sometimes you can't get that draw, but then you're probably flipping to get better static effects off your werewolves, and at that point. It's still a strong card. It's it's not it's only good in werewolves in my opinion, but it's good in that deck. And even then, it's only good with your new ones, assuming that they don't change how old werewolves work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, unless they errata old werewolves, it does take a hit. But if they do errata old werewolves, it's fine. Next up, we have Flesh Taker. For a white and a black, we have a two-two human assassin with whenever you sacrifice another creature you gain one life and scry one then it has you may pay one to sack another creature to give flesh flesh taker plus two plus two until your turn hmm so this this guy's weird um i like payoff. i like his top effect yeah but he just seems like a watered-down Viscerous here. Exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, he'd be pretty dope in tandem with Viscerous here, but, like, the I'll odds of that- one twice, keep both on top. <laughs> <laughs> That's happened before. I'm aware. Um, but, it's not a bad card, it's just, um, I'm not sure how good it is. It could be like just complete garbage for all I know, but it, it looks okay. Yeah. Next up, we have Diagraph Rebirth. It's three and Golgari colors for a sorcery that says this spell costs one less to cast for each creature that died this turn. Turn entire creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield and has a flashback of five and Golgari colors. Hmm. Hmm. Imagine if it was an instant. If it was an instant, that'd be insane. Um, I can see a couple decks where it's not atrocious to run this in, but it's. I can't think of you. You run into the problem of reanimate is one king mana for this effect, like. Yeah, and you can't consider so giving a five mana version of the gray. card. Like, well, it costs one less, so it can be two mana. Oh, that was one less for each. Yeah, yeah, for each. I said for, it just cost me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. For yeah. each creature that died this turn. That so means three creatures have to die the first time you cast it. Uh, the, the, the one saving grace is this flashback, but... In, there you go. Flashback that for two. Yeah, but... But it's only good basically after you wipe the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, if it's instant speed, this would be board wipe protection, and it would be yeah. good. Um, If this just straight up costed the two and didn't have some dumb hoop to jump through... It would be good. It'd be too good, probably. Actually, but... it could cost three, and it'd be good. And it could keep the same flashback. Yeah, flashback. It, it could keep the same flashback. I would, yeah, it'd be a great card if it was just, like, at three at the first cast. Well, it's also more deck restrictive because it's green-black mm -hmm. rather than just more um, black. But as it is, I think it's bad. Cool niche, but bad card. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next up, we have Faceful Mending. One white... One blue for an instant. You gain two life, draw two cards, then discard two cards, and it has flashback of one, a white, a blue. Um, looting's better. Into life, draw two cards. This might be instant, but it's it's an instant. It draws before discard. So it's faithless. It, um, That's why this is faithless. The, the gain well. life is irrelevant. Wait, is Faithless an instant? No, it's Sorcery. Um... So it's one more mana for the first half, for instant speed, and the second half is the same, but they're, it takes two colors rather than just one. Yeah, um, so yeah, basically, I think this is more aimed at control decks, whereas Faithless is more aimed at combo. The thing is that you go card negative with, uh, with, oh, with this effect, which I wouldn't want to get a control deck. Mm. Draw two, discard two, plus this value you cast. So you use three cards to get two cards. Yeah, but I don't know. Card selection is usually better than card advantage. Generally, but... Uh, yeah. I don't know. Especially in control, you want to have a full grip if you can. Mm-hmm. I, I get what you're saying. I love it. I, I think it's great. I can't wait to have it in my hands. Yeah, I it looks like a strong though. card. I think I might replace uh, Faithless Looting with that in my Shabraz deck, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But that's the only deck, because like it's completely based around drawing discarding. Mm -hmm. Next up, we have Vampire Socialite. Uh, a black and a red for a 2-2 Vampire Noble with Menace. When Vampire Socialite is battlefield, if an opponent lost life this turn, put a plus one plus one counter on each other Vampire you control. As long as the opponent lies, opponent lost his turn, each other vampire you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. It's okay. It's okay. It's definitely an Edgar Markov card. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't run it, but it's okay. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's it's like a. It's a bad lord. It's a really bad lord. <laughs> I'm like yeah. trying to think of a way to say something positive about it. Don't. I'm struggling. It's playable. I'd cut it early. <laughs> Next up, we have Kessig Naturalist, which is a human werewolf for a red or green. Whenever Kessig Naturalist attacks, add one red or green to your mana pool until the turn. It does not lose. You know, it loses his uh, mana by steps and phases end. And when it's nightbound, it gains other creatures you control, other werewolves and wolves you control, get plus one spawn, and has whenever it attacks, add a red or a green. Until your turn, don't lose it as phases end, and it's now 3 3. 
Isn't this just Rada's effect on a two uh, drop? No, Rada's for each no. creature that attacks. For each creature, but okay, so this is just for him. So it's a mini Rada. Yeah. And he becomes a lord when he flips. Mm -hmm. The lord is nice because I don't think there's many werewolf slash wolf lords, but I do know uh, one, there two, are two, three. Ones. Yeah. Four, five, six. Because I can think of the, the wolf from seven. Dark Ascension and Mayor of Averbrook at, for, at least. Yeah, yeah. There's the wolf from Dark Ascension, Mayor of Averbrook. Those this. are two I can think of. There are, there are a lot more than you oh, think. Okay. okay. I don't play werewolves, as you know. Um, But yeah. I. I think, um... I also didn't play it, uh... I think he's good. Shadows, I did play it in the original in Shredder. Yeah. Next up, we have Bladesditch Gob for a blue and a black. It is a 2-3 zombie soldier with other zombies in control against plus one, plus one. This is plus reminiscent one, 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 one. of, um... The... Bad Lord. There was a cycle of three mana lords in the OG in Estrad. And this is just, um... It feels like a watered-down version of one of those. Oh, this is just like a... This is like a watered-down cycle of lords. That's what it all is. They're yeah. all two mana. They have subpar effects. Hey, the werewolf yeah. one's pretty dope. It's just yeah. plus one, plus one. Yeah, but... He's a dork on top of it. That has to attack. <laughs> so if your opponents all have, like, two fives, you can never attack into them. Watch I out. guess you're right, but... Shut up. I'm always right. No, you're not. Shut up. <laughs> Next up, we have in the artifacts, we're moving in artifacts now, the Celestis. What the fuck? That's so much. It's text. a great game. I'd recommend it to everyone. It's a three mana legendary artifact with, if it's neither night nor day, it becomes day as the Celestis enters the battlefield. You may tap the Celestis to add one mana of any color. You may pay three mana and tap it to have if it's night it becomes day otherwise it becomes night and we only have to be as a sorcery and also has whenever day becomes night or night becomes day you then gain a life and then you may draw a card and if you do discard a card hmm. it's a really push three mana rock yeah but where would you run this only werewolves. in werewolves yeah. And that's the problem. It might be pushed, but that doesn't matter if it's a three mana rock. You're never going to play it. Yeah. Unless it's your deck. It's Just like that bad one dragon card. as well. Oh, hey, they reprinted Pithing Needle. Yep. Yep. Next up, we have Moon Silver Key. Two mana for an artifact that says pay one tap it, sacrifice it, then search your library for an artifact card with a mana ability or a basic land card, and then reveal it and put it in your hand and shuffle. Wait. Why does it have to be a basic land card? Yep. Why? But, uh, but it gets you any artifact card with a mana ability. Which will very infrequently matter, because usually you just ring artifacts, or artifact ramp as ramp, not as Ooh, like the only deck that that would matter is, for instance, a werewolf deck that you need the Celestis, right? Or a uh, like at the minimum, this is a card that says get Soul Ring. Or yeah, this but... could say or get LED. Eh. Or if you're like competitive, or get your Monolith, or get um yeah, yeah the artifacts you need to combo so off with um, dramatic combo. Better and more diverse, like 
gets you a more diverse like range of artifacts so you don't need to just get your lady with this you can get any zero drop with your we're on zero you know yeah yeah and you can do it at instant speed and you go straight to field this might see playing competitive it's a decent card if it does it would be very specific decks that would want to run it like maybe joyra yeah some decks it. would want to run it some decks wouldn't it's yeah now we're on the last lap Whoa, wait, with the land wait, we, we so the there's a cycle of lands that no. enter the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more other lands correct yeah they're called the slow lands by the community uh is there already the other half of the cycle printed or Fast, yeah from uh, no this is only the allied cycle oh, only allied so far okay um i they're they meet my lands. criteria for okay lands i they're playable Give me yeah, like they're, they're they have a clause that playable. yeah, they're, they're more playable than like ninety percent of the lands printed. Uh, they have a clause that says they enter untapped. They tap for two colors of mana. They're good. And last but not least, we have a very funny card, hostile hostel. It's hostile hostel. It's a hostile hostel. <laughs> sure. It's a colorless land that taps for colors, and then you may pay one. To tap it, stack a creature, and put a soul counter on hostile hostile. Then, if there are three or more soul counters on it, remove those counters and transform it. Then untap it. Activate only the sorcery. It then transforms into the Creeping In, which is a black artifact creature horror concert. Whenever creeping it attacks, you may exile a creature card from your graveyard. If you do, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life for X number of creature cards exile creeping in and then you may pay for to phase the creeping it out not good that is funny but not good <laughs> <laughs> so funny i like that card it's uh flavorful but it's, it's just a yeah. tie back to westvale yeah in kind of a i i i think this is it, it's not bad and it could see play in casuals i don't think it's competitive at the all the problem is just it makes your land into it makes your land vulnerable it makes it st not stop producing mana mm-hmm and it makes it so that i mean westville abbey required you to sack it to create the demon i'm well, i flipped itself yeah i'm aware yeah mm -hmm. um now then i didn't think i don't think westville abbey is that great either I, I can yeah. see the argument for it, but it's a card that if you're flooding out, you do have other options on what you can do with it. Yeah, but you also need creatures in your graveyard specifically to use. You're going to be in black because this is a black card technically. Yep. So you want you probably want to have your graveyard uh, for reanimation. Mm -hmm. So why would you want to exile your cards? It just seems a bit out of tune with what black wants to do in, in the first place as well. And the reason it wants to do that is because house go burr. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it's, yeah, it's not the best card, but it's, I don't know, it's strong enough that I think it could be formidable in casuals, and weak enough that, yes, there are arguments to not run it, you probably shouldn't run it, but it's funny, um, <laughs> and that's, like, half of what casuals is, is this card's funny. Now then, now that we're done talking about the whole set, and now that we've read them all, I want to hear each other. Yeah. I want to hear from you guys. What is your favorite card, and what is your what do you think is the most powerful card in this deck? 
so my favorite card uh keep in mind i wasn't here for part of this because <laughs> <laughs> i had recently woken up and hadn't eaten yet um <laughs> uh staying up late any video sucks um my favorite card from the set itself not including the cards at the bottom of the screen oh most popular card Avis's memorial. <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> my favorite card would have to be. Hmm. This is a tough one. Uh, I know for a fact. I think that, in my opinion, the strongest card is probably. I'd either say, I, I actually three that I'm between, which are Lord of the Forsaken, Meat Hook Massacre, and Fateful Absence. So strong is there there are five cards that really caught my eye. And, I pick one. Well, okay. But I'm just gonna say the Fate Flapses is probably the strongest in my opinion, because instant speed removal is always good. And then the, And then what your favorite card is. Just get that file. Is that even a question? <laughs> <laughs> uh strongest card. Would probably have to be. God, you are not making this easy, man. Um, <laughs> there are none. Fuck you. <laughs> well, okay. There, none of the cards are like traditionally like broken in every deck. These are all like in this deck. This is really. Uh. Um. I'm gonna go with uh, Lyra, Disciple of the Drowned. For my strongest card, because uh, I have to play against a control player. <laughs> um, and my favorite card is probably it's it's surprisingly one of the adversaries. Um, the red one. I keep flip flopping between the red and the blue one. They're both good. Yeah, they're both amazing. You were advocating for the red one very hard, so if I the red one, I'd I think be it's shocked. I think it's a I think it's as strong as Past in Flames, which I think Past in Flames is the second best red recursion spell. So that means I think it's tied for the second best red recursion spell in the format. Fair. So yeah. Um and the blue one is a very unique take on protection, and it's a very blue take on protection, which I like. It feels thematic, yet it still accomplishes the saving of your board. Plus, it can be used and, aggressively. It's spirit. Mm-hmm. And one more card I just want to draw attention to. I love the meat hook. Yeah. <laughs> I will say another card I do want to say is a pretty fun-looking card is Gissa. I'm, I'm actually thoroughly impressed. Even, like, weird shit like the common blood pact. Like, the, there's some good stuff in this set. It's better than the fucking D&D &D set. Yeah, this is definitely stronger than the D&D &D set. Uh, Teferi was also one of them I was debating for really strong, but that's only because of purely the deck he is designed to exploit. Um, He's not actually good, like, if you just throw him randomly into yeah. stuff. That's why I didn't even consider And, um, drawing. from the added cards, the extra cards at the bottom. Mm -hmm. There are none. 
My my favorite. I, I actually like well, the, the curse, and I think the commander is actually really, really, really strong. I don't think she's really, really, really strong. I think she's good, as in she provides a new archetype. I think and it could be like, um, you know that weird border between high tier casual and low tier competitive? I think it might be able to get there. So the number seven. What? The number, the number seven. The number eight to nine. Eight to nine, like eight point something. Oh, eight to nine. Okay. Yeah. I would say it's around seven is my assumption for what it would be put at. Yeah, it has a draw mechanic on it. it. That's only every upkeep, I believe. Yeah. It, but I mean, like, um, there are cards that are in there just draw and upkeep. It's, I don't know. It feels like a weird curse obsessed Zer. A little bit. It doesn't have the tutor, but it has a lot of value off of running enchantments. It might only be an eight, but it, I don't know. I think it has potential. And if you look at the list of cards that are in the, 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 whatchamacallit boosters only, there's a cycle of dead cards. There's Avacyn's Memorial and the curse and the curse commander. That there isn't much good to compete with so even if she isn't that strong and i'm just over hyping her she's better than everything else in here <laughs> yeah it maybe with the exception of the curse of obsession <laughs> for me what i would say is the most powerful card is vanquish the horde i freaking love this card so much i am hella getting a foil extended art version of it it's going to look beautiful in my deck I am so happy it exists. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry she didn't say Run of Harmony. You seem like so... Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the takeaway is that this set is actually packing a decent amount of power for EDH, which yeah. is weird because uh, in the last couple sets, they have uh, been severely lacking in power. <laughs> yeah. It also helps that this is another one of those 20 Mythic sets instead of a 15 Mythic set. Uh, were the last couple ones 15? Surprisingly, though, a lot of the Mythics weren't even the cards I thought were the strongest. Mm -hmm. Like, all three and of the my... White Mythics were kind of subpar. There are only yeah. four Mythics in contention for... Yeah. And my favorite card is the Meat Hook Massacre. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. It is, yeah. It's, it's just strong enough that, like, I feel good liking it, and it's just, like... It feels so Innistrad, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's it's just got that right amount of gore and gothic horror in it. It's, yeah. I like it. I like a oh, lot of the cards it. in this set. This set feels yeah. really nice. Um, Why did they choose to make like a the phoenix in a mythic <laughs> slot? Um, <laughs> gotta have a mythic phoenix every, every year. Oh, 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 oh. And um, they, they did... they. I want to come back and harp on this card just because after realizing it was a fucking rare uh, the red green one. <laughs> at least one with nothing was interesting in how it sucked this just blows why hey, hey, it's interesting you could use it on your own cards for advantage this is the best ramp spell in my deck besides giganta your deck is a gimmick, though. Yeah, your deck is... I know. I know it is. You can also play those two mana dorks that can attack for either color of their own thing. Yeah. 
Like you got that sprite that can tap for green or blue. Yeah. There, there are multiple. We the, probably have you you could run a ton of ramp. I don't know why you aren't. There's like a bunch of guild based ramp. Um, I do. I mean, if you're trying to make a guild theme, we can talk about this later. Um, but yeah, yeah that card <laughs> is freaking horrible. If if we were naming worst cards in the set, I don't care if there are actually worst cards. That being printed in a rare slot earns it the worst card in the set. <laughs> I don't know, man. You see that phoenix? <laughs> I I put this below the phoenix. I'm I'm that disappointed in this card. That they should not print three mana sorcery removal. That has to be cast and enter the battlefield. That what? Has to cast and etb to trigger. Bad uh, reviarch. Fucking terrible. God damn. Okay, fine. You got some points. There and are other shit cards. Value too, so you can't even get good cards that have a high CMC <laughs> with a low power, like yeah. you can with Reveler. Okay, there's uh, several sh really crappy cards in the set, but holy god, I the entire time we were talking about this, the three mana removal spell, I thought we were talking commons at that point. I, I thought we had finished rares, and I thought we were talking commons. I thought it was an uncommon I looked down. At the symbol, and because to confirm that it was an uncommon before, before I made the statement that yeah, they probably shouldn't have printed this at uncommon. It should be a common. And I see rare, and I'm like, I have to go take a walk. That's why I was so confused during the werewolf one. I was I literally left the room for a little bit <laughs> to go vent about this. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I that card is horrible. <laughs> I I could make a 30-minute video on why I dislike this card. <laughs> Alright, you heard the next podcast idea. <laughs> if if they if, if if there are enough comments, I will do that. I will make a thank you guys for listening to our lovely little podcast. If you little. if you uh <laughs> a little it's two hours that we missed three, or want us to continue talking about this very bad card, <laughs> please put something in the comments explaining otherwise. After that, uh, everyone have a good day. Uh, we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Wow, that sure was a lot of information about the new cards. If you notice there's a card that we didn't mention and you think we should have, please leave us a comment. We'd love to hear it. Um, if you liked what you heard, the best way to support us is to like, comment, subscribe, share us with your friends, all that good jazz. We do have a Patreon if you want to support, but you don't have to. If you're listening on a podcast platform, we would, uh, and liked what you listened to, we would appreciate you going and checking out our YouTube channel. We do live gameplay stream over Cockatrice, and we also do gameplay that we then script and edit to make it easier to follow. Um, and with all that being said, thank you for tuning in, and we will be uploading another one of these shortly. I don't know quite what the schedule is. It's going to be a little hectic with me going to school, but... Uh, yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, with that, I'm out of here. Peace.